And we're back. I'm James. This is the Grizz Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. And I'm Brent. And I'm James. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's our uh, preseason kickoff. Yeah, it is. So this is tradition now. Is this the fourth time? This is great. We got Riley with us, voice of the Grizz. This tells you that we're either a legitimate Grizz podcast or... Riley just slums with us once in a while. <laughs> no, no, you guys are you guys are legitimate, and it's funny because I got the memories popping up on my phone and on social media of hey, three years ago, and we're in the exact same spot doing the exact same thing, which I love. It means Grizz football's here. Thanks for being with us because you came over here right after a Grizz soccer game. Tell us a little bit about that. It was awesome, guys. I mean, this was a monumental weekend for Grizzly Athletics with soccer hosting Ohio State. Volleyball had number five pit and number seven. Yeah, we were talking BYU. about that. How the hell did that even happen? Unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> yeah. just a kind of happenstance where BYU committed and then Pitt wanted some RPI ranking points. And so they called Allison Lawrence, our volleyball coach, and all of a sudden the best field that ever came to Missoula was here. So that was fun. Get the energy rolling. Just got me excited a little bit for uh, – for Grizz football coming up this Saturday as we record on Sunday night. But great atmosphere. They shattered the attendance record. 2,000 were there. The previous wow, attendance record cool. was 1,100. And they, I mean, they had Ohio State on the ropes. It was tied 2-2. Two to two. I'm not a big fan of ties. But at the same time, you know what? That, that's a victory. You got but, a Power 5 team yeah, coming. Yeah, no, a Power 5 yeah. team coming to town and tying 2-2. Two to two. I mean, like, I know there's a lot of football people that are going to be bitching about soccer here. Football but, or football? Football. Oh, okay. But, I mean, like, that's a, that's a big game and a good performance for our soccer Yeah, team. It, was, it was awesome. It was a great weekend to get us started. Let's turn the calendar to September and talk some football. Well, so, quickly. Yeah. God, yeah. Anything exciting happen to you this summer? You know, it was a really quiet. <laughs> right, right, I wasn't distracted at all. No, it, it was pretty awesome. It was magical is the word I use to describe it. But obviously married uh, my wife, Mikkel. And, uh, Another grisly athletic yes. romance. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Right. Thanks, guys. It's uh, It was cool. I mean, we were engaged for a year and a half. So there was a lot of planning and build up to the day. And when you wake up the next morning and... You say, hey, there were no regrets of how the day went. You know, it went well. Well, nice. good. We've been yeah. telling you to marry her for a few years now. I, so. I, fi- I finally, you, I finally figured glad it out. Glad you got around to it. It's good. Hat <laughs> <laughs> tip to you guys. I'll make sure I tell her that when I get home at 1130. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry I'm out late, but they really are a fan of the marriage. So. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, here we are, guys. It's it's go time. we got yeah. a Grizz game in, in a six days. James, can you believe that we have a Grizz game in six days? I mean, I'm here. <laughs> you know, this kid. This kid. Like, I we're thinking about how many years we've been doing this, and you know, this, all these things. I know what he's gonna say. I got more sassy every uh, year. Hundred percent. Like, you are getting to the point where I'm not gonna invite you. But then, mom and several people I know are gonna stop listening to the first twelve minutes of the pod and do no more. Well, we do have a call up from the minor leagues. We could have Hannah sub in. Yeah. What do you think about that? Oh, actually, Hannah's be a pretty good replacement. Well, six could thing. Oh. Some internal competition. All I know, you're <laughs> yeah. serious. You got the laptop out. You're breaking down spreadsheets yeah, or schedules. Yeah. Or what do you got out there? What are you looking at? Mm, predicting each predicting each Big Sky team schedule. Like You've got it. the whole thing. Are you done with it? No. No. Um, still working teams. on it. Re- real quick before we get James to start talking about football and the rest of us start, yeah. you know, adding <laughs> into this show. Um, James just went on like the trip of a lifetime this past week. Why don't you tell people what you've been doing? You went to Shelby? <laughs> the golden triangle? You hit all three? <laughs> we got to get you up to Shelby sometime and meet Luke's mom, but that's another conversation. Okay. What'd you do? 
I went to Washington, D.C. All right. And then what else? New York City. How many baseball games did you see last week? Three. Tell us about Whoa. it. Whoa. Well, not two last week. All right. In the last week and a half, how many baseball games did you see? Three. Well, you what? saw a Nationals game in D.C. Yes. Who'd they play? Phillies. And mm. then you and uh, your grandparents, my parents, took you on this trip to visit my sister. And you all took the train to New York and saw mm-hmm. two Yankee games. Yeah. What happened in that first Yankee game? Judge hit three homers. You were at the three home run game, his first ever. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yep. James, James, and my parents and my sister were at Yankee Stadium for that uh, history. Yeah. What a game. Mm-hmm. You gonna start counting how many stadiums you've been to? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Smart man. Well, we. Um, uh, I'm not counting the Mariner game. No, I had to pick well, him up not? at the airport on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Mariners count. Brent is over here Red pointing Hawk. out that, that they was, are in first place. That Hawks was team in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're in bobcat colors to support this team right now. But um, you before I picked James up at the airport on Friday, I ran yeah. into Kyle Sample, another friend of the pod. Yeah. And he was asking where James was, and I was telling him about this trip. And Kyle goes, man, that kid has done more in the last year. Because <laughs> I took him to... Uh, Vegas, and Vegas. he and I went to a Niners game in on New Year's Day because I figured that I was going to be busy this year and we wanted to have a moment. <laughs> <coughs> it just Weird. happened. Weird. Weird. Um, Do it again this year. But then we uh, drove to um, the Weber game and went in to the Salt Lake. The we Salt watched Lake Utah versus oh, Memphis. Um, last year. Yeah. So this kid. Yeah. You've seen he's, NFL, he's MLB, MLB. So keep NBA. the sass up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what grade are you going into now? Fifth. Fifth grade. Okay. You got? Do you have football this fall, or do you? What do you do this fall? Sports. You no. can talk about it. Do I'm whatever not you playing want. Playing football this year. Okay, that's fair. We think we're going to uh, find a uh, cross country club. Nice. Oh, up which top. makes makes James more of a, a runner than I've ever been. So, <laughs> I mean, I know that I know that this is a radio show, and you don't see me, but I'm not really a runner. <laughs> yeah, you have run two five Ks. Mm-hmm. Um, before you're going to hang out with us, so we're going to talk. We're just going to mix you into the pod. Yeah. Anything you want to talk about before we just jump into the the season? Not really. All right. Okay. Riley, let's start by talking about camp. You obviously get to see it a lot more. Brent's been to a handful of practices. Yeah, I've been to like five or six. I got to forty minutes of a boring scrimmage. <laughs> um, <laughs> so tell us, tell us about camp. What are your takeaways? What are, what should people know about? It's really fun to go for the first two weeks, right? I think by the time they get to week three, there's pretty much everything's been decided. Now, there might be a position or two battle where you're going to see some things back and forth, but I love going to each day of the first two weeks, and I was able to do that again this year. And to see the energy, number one, is always huge. But then you see there's a lot of newness actually out there this year. I know that some might look at it from the, the surface and say, okay, well, the, the coaching staff just shuffled a little bit. Well, yeah, you could say that from a name standpoint, but leadership to me is so important in the hierarchy of leadership. And the way that Kent Bear had done things on the defensive side, I mean, he'd been a defensive coordinator and a coach for 50 years. Tim Rosenbaugh, same thing. He had a style and a, and a system. Well, now to see two different guys go about it in a different way, it's kind of a trickle-down effect. And you get to talk with some players a little bit when, of course, they're not busy. And just the refreshment, I think, of the voice of who is leading meetings for position groups and who is in charge, the fresh ideas. 
I think it was really welcomed by the players, for sure. And just to kind of see um, the fire that the Grizz have is intriguing to me because I know we're going to get into this a little bit, and we've all followed and loved Grizzly football for a while. I, I feel going into this season, the biggest difference is you could say from an external standpoint. Now, we're going to talk about this a lot. Yeah. Internal and external expectations, internal and external thoughts, right? Externally, I think that the Grizz are flying under the radar. I don't think that they are one of the top even three teams people are talking about in the Big Sky Conference this year. It's Idaho, it's the neighbors, and it's probably Sacramento State, mm -hmm. who has had the conference crown the last couple of years. Where big, big changes there this big year. Big changes, so. absolutely. Andy Thompson coming in. So I feel that externally that not many people are talking about the Grizz or think that they're a serious contender. Now internally, those expectations haven't changed. And I, I see a little bit more fire than I've seen in previous fall camps. And it's been great. And also, and I know we're going to dive into the quarterback situation because I'm sure you guys have a million questions from fans that want to know the ins and the outs of... No, we've yeah. actually committed to not talking about quarterbacks. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was, <laughs> we're going to talk about backup O-linemen. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Talk I, about backup kick returners. Oh, yes. There we go. I'm good with that, too. <laughs> Sam, Vidlack, <laughs> Sam Vidlack, to me, he's an impressive person, and he's an impressive quarterback. And what I love about him is that he has three years of eligibility. I think I speak for a lot of Grizz fans out there that... It was great having Dalton Sneed and Lucas Johnson come in here, but the revolving door at quarterback is not how you build a program. And I think mm -hmm. that with the way that our special fan base is, mm -hmm. we want to wrap our arms around somebody. And I feel finally that we might have that guy. So yeah. those are a couple of the on-the-surface observations that I have. But but camp always gives me life. I, I like hearing the, the popping of the pads and – Grizzly coaching staff, they might go about it a little bit differently, but they really value reps on ones versus ones. Now, not when they say there's scrimmages, right, not when because the that's when the threes play the threes. Yeah. But when they, they're going at it maybe on a, on a Wednesday afternoon in period 15 of practice, you're seeing the ones go against the ones, and that's kind of where the, the cream rises, let's just say. So, Riley, I'd watched five or six practices. This is a different fall camp than other camps. Like, uh, a very typical regimented system. Um, but it was a different vibe in the air, I thought, at least for the ones I saw. And it seemed like some coaches that are usually more animated were less, and others were more. Uh, it definitely felt to me as well that, especially within certain units, I think I saw the most with the O-line, um, a lot more player-led motivation and i'm not saying that to be like detrimental to a coach in it but it was just it was very interesting to watch just the little things to like observe it seemed to me um tremendous like uh you know senior leadership that took more of a role of of mentorship and bringing along with other guys and then um yeah and the music was a little different mm -hmm. some days was uh out of the 70s and other days was not and uh, I don't know. It was it was a very like it was interesting because it felt like a it didn't feel like a typical Hauk camp. And I've seen I'd seen him back previously and seen him all the prior years. It felt like some subtle changes, but uh, things seemed different and not not like in a good way or a bad way or something. But it definitely kind of felt like with the new with some of the new coaches and some of the new guys. Um, there's a bit of a different approach in the air. I think that's a good observation. I think the continuity and let's just focus on the offensive line. And and I'll admit at first I kind of. Scratched my head and went, okay, so they're going to split the O-line up into two different guys coaching. And I wasn't 
sure about that right away. Yeah. For those that don't know, Chad Germer is now coaching the interior offensive line, centers and guards. And Rob Fennessy, who was an analyst last year, he is now coaching the tackles and, and the tight ends. ends. Yep. And I wasn't sure how that was going to gel. And I think it go- kind of goes back to what I said just a couple minutes ago about the leadership at the top with Brent Peace mm-hmm. and how everyone is kind of more bought into their role. And I think that does trickle down to the players. And that offensive line group, I feel for the first time, they're feeling the responsibility mm-hmm. and they want the responsibility that say, we're not going to be the Achilles heel of this team. We can be the strength of this team. And the reason why yeah. we can go deep, and, and don't kid yourself, these guys know the DNA of some of the squads that have went deep mm-hmm. into December and made a yeah. deep playoff run. There's no secret. Every single team that has made a run has a great offensive line that has depth. And you bring in a couple new pieces, Cannon Panfiloff, the guy mm-hmm. from Utah Tech. He's mm-hmm. he can he's a chameleon out there. He can play every position on the offensive line. A true guy that comes in with six and I know it's five returning starters, but the Grizz had six guys last year right. that started a game. Yeah. that are back. You mm-hmm. add Canning Panfiloff in there, a couple freshmen who I'm sure there'll be some questions about breakout star. They're in there as well, but it's a good observation about the player run stuff yeah. because uh, the, the leadership of this senior class, I feel it more this year, and this has nothing to do with previous players. Don't read into this anymore about previous regimes. It, it feels that this senior class feels it more that this is our last chance. This is our last chance, and, and whether things didn't go our way we haven't accomplished some of the goals that we set out here to do now it's in front of them and i yeah. i feel that leadership and leadership would be a good word i would say to use to describe fall camp or what i've seen the last couple of weeks the one of the things in my notes to kind of get your opinion on and you've kind of touched on it, is just that the o-line and finally having that veteran group which is just something we haven't uh Experience in a while, <laughs> and real, real quick, rattle off like the six or seven usual suspects that we're going to be seeing consistently. No problem. Left tackle Chris Walker, who to me is one of the coolest stories. Yeah. On the entire team, didn't even really play at Nebraska, and comes here, gets thrown in the fire at O line, starts at left tackle. He's very raw. Now all of a sudden, he's almost a no doubt draft pick. He's on NFL watch list. NFL watch list. He's in in our hype video. He's in our hype video, which, of course, (laughs) that's everything. Senior Bowl watch list as well, which the Grizz have had someone in the Senior Bowl for a while. So he's a left tackle. Hunter McGinnis, who's now been a mainstay at left guard. First team all-conference. Yep. You'll see that blonde hair come out of the the back of his helmet. He didn't cut it. He let me know that. Chris Walker did cut an inch off his beard, and I couldn't (laughs) tell. I I gave him – you know, we did a podcast interview with him, and I was like, how about what do you do with the beard? I said, man, it's really long. He goes, I cut an inch off. You can't tell? I said, no. No, I can't tell at all. A.J. Forbes, who came over from Nebraska as well, he's been our starting center a couple years in a row. He's there at center. We have two right guards that are back, and that's still a fascinating battle between Journey Grimsrud, Mm -hmm. Huntley Project guy, who also was a D lineman when he committed to the Grizz. Now he's been awesome at right guard. Liam Brown, who also started at right guard, and then Brandon Casey. And Brandon Casey was, again, one of those – I don't know, more raw players at right tackle. We just said, hey, we're going to let him learn, maybe take some lumps. Now I feel upperclassman, he's ready to go. So those are your six returning starters. And then you got Cannon Panfiloff, again, from Utah Tech. To me, that makes up your top seven. Bobby thinks they're 10 deep, and I agree with Bobby. And we'll see who 8, 9, and 10 are going to be. Awesome. Thanks. 
Yeah, O line's just amazing. Oh, it's, it's awesome. The the the, the fascinating another like observation I had from camp as well too, and I think the O line especially kind of um, embodies this is uh, all camps have trash talk. Uh, I have never seen an offense of late that has been so cocky and confident in themselves. I have, I mean, and I'm not saying this in a thing like, oh, let's blast them on the field if they have a bad game or something, but just it seems like typical camps, the defense is a lot of talk um, while the offense is figuring things out. That is, in the six I saw, that has not been the case. The offense has really had a lot of more vocal <laughs> uh, demeanor to them, and it's it's been kind of fun. So, yeah. I, when you have your backup quarterback tossing a linebacker on the sideline after a play, you were at that uh, one. We yeah. tweeted mm-hmm. it was tweeted about, so I'm not like revealing some big secret. And it was you know a typical camp dust up. No one was like hurt. It like the guys pieced it out just fine. Um, I've never seen anything like that before in a camp, especially from a QB. So um, it's it's a different vibe out there. But I, I, I was really enjoying it. Looking at that O line, they're all big dudes, and we you know like that's something all are over 300. Yeah, the, the of the seven that Riley rattled off for us, their average weight across the seven is three hundred pounds. Big shot. And we have, you know, like it's something that, like in the in the two thousands, we always had really big, physical, aggressive O lines. Um, it's something that you can notice in previous teams. You you face an NDSU or something, and you're like, holy crap. There's some sequoias versus our lodge poles or something, right? Like, but now I feel like we've got some size up front. I like that, and I I think they set the tone. Back to what you said, Brent, yeah. about the trash talking. That's because there's no Justin Ford or Robbie Houck anymore on the defense <laughs> either. Because <laughs> those guys, every single rep, every single play, were making sure they were John yeah, back the other way. But I do think that's a bit of a microcosm of who feels the strength of the team yeah. You know, might be this year. The offense is confident with where they're at. And, again, I'm not trying to say, hey, they're going to light up the scoreboard for 50 a game, and if they have a bad game, you know, they need to be ripped. None of that. No. I just think that there is so much internal confidence, and maybe that missing piece was – Sam Vidlack. Maybe it was Clifton McDowell. Maybe it, it was Brent Pease or just having a different voice yeah. out there. And the offense is confident. And, and I think that the defense right now, there's some mainstays out there. And there's oh, yeah, also sure. a couple of, you know, question marks. I, I think my favorite battle is to watch the wide receivers go up against the DBs. I love watching that because <laughs> you see, I mean, you see yeah. the ones on ones go at it and it's a fade ball down the sideline. It's like, all right, who wants it more? Right. That's where you see the John a little bit. Yeah, too. Yeah, it's yeah. Been oh, cool. yeah. That's yeah. been cool. <laughs> it's been a fun camp. I've enjoyed watching it. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited. And it, the interesting thing for me is like um, from camps I've seen, sometimes I can, I can watch two or three and I can be like, all right. I, I know I have a good feeling about what I'm going to expect this season, and especially even in terms of, like, who who's going to be the number one receiver. For the most part, like, this is going to be the guy. This is going to happen. Like, watch out for blah, blah, blah. I don't know if I've got that feeling, and not, like, in a bad way. Like, oh, my God, I don't know if we're going to have a single receiver that has double-digit touchdowns. Or I don't know if – I mean – I assume we're going to have a thousand yard rushing back, maybe two, <laughs> but it's like maybe, maybe not. But or if everyone all has like five, six hundred yards or something, and we got four or five guys. But it's like it's it's interesting because I just it, it doesn't. I, I just don't have this like direct feel coming out of it. Where it's like in prior years, it was like okay, you know, 
this is going to be Samori's year. He's going to do all this good stuff, and Dalton's going to run for all that, you know, or all these other things. And um, yeah, Ford last year, I was like, okay, this guy, you can just tell. But you don't have anything. I, it's kind of a, it was a weird mix for me as like a fan because as I was watching it, I didn't sit here. I, I wasn't like panicking. I wasn't like, holy crap! Like there's holes. There's big concerns. I'm really worried about this. Um, on the flip side, though, I was just like I. It's. I feel like there's a lot of different ways this team can go, um, and so I, I don't, I don't really know entirely like who to look for and what to expect. I mean, there's a lot of guys I'm excited to see, but yeah. I want to talk about receiver really quick. Let's um, do it. Everyone should know Junior Bergen's name. I would hope so. I think my mom knows his name. <laughs> Is that and the that's... guy that sells Jeeps? <laughs> oh, he sells. No, it's the guy that. Torched Troy Anderson on oh. the second play of the game. Yeah, I, that, yeah. Guy. That, that guy. That guy. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. So we got Bergen. We've got Keelan White, who's been in the mix, uh, established. Aaron Fonts, right? Yep. Who else? Like, where does this go after those those three? You might I, not have named all the starters, though. Yeah. Right. But like, I mean, I, I wanted to say Ryan Simpson. <laughs> I don't well, know. I mean, there's a lot like, of names in that group, but there's not a lot of guys who have established themselves. So I think there's outside of you know Junior. Junior, I think there's a lot of opportunity for for guys to earn time. In and my I, opinion, I think everybody everybody should know Junior's name, of course. But at the same time, I felt Junior Bergen last year. Whether you want to say underutilized, I know he yes, broke his we hand. want to say underutilized. Okay. underutilized. We actually that's, did. Fans, that's yes. right. Yes. I guess it is. Yes, <laughs> we're, we're okay. off the clock, of course. Yeah, he was underutilized last year. the The number of receptions that he had was criminal, almost yeah. in a way. I mean, so he's a guy that I feel, even though we know that Junior Bergen's a stable force, mm-hmm. he can still elevate, right? Of what we can expect from him, where his game can grow, just by sheer giving him more opportunities. Number one, but the guy that Grizz fans need to start knowing his name is Sawyer Rockinelli, and he's the transfer from Washington. Oh, is he the guy that tore his ACL yeah, last year? He, yes, okay. he came to the Grizz. He tore his ACL in a non-contact drill the first day of spring ball, and that knocked him out for the entire season. So no one has even gotten to see him take reps, but he's fully healthy now. I mean, he's 6'3", 210. He looks the part. This kid can play. Sawyer Rockinelli. Number nine. How cool of a name is that? That's the dopest name. I know. I can't wait to start calling him Because people were excited about him. Oh, yeah. And then he got hurt and, you know, whatever. Um, James, of of the guys that you remember from last year, who are you most excited to watch play this year? Bergen. Yeah, I think that's fair. Let's just throw that out Safe. there. Easy. Safe and easy answers. Morgan or Simpson? And, and I would Ryan say Ryan Simpson, Simpson yeah. would be the fifth guy right there in that, that mix for the wide receivers. And we all know that they're going to rotate in and out. And I think this is a conversation maybe after one or two more of these <laughs> that, that we go into more of the Grizz have been very balanced, right, mm-hmm. with carries yeah. and with making sure that, you know, and whether it's deliberate or not, it just seems that it's balanced across the board. You're not having one guy get the majority of the receptions. They want to be unpredictable. But I feel at times to ride the hot hand, we're going to see if you're, you're going to have one or two more guys so, emerge this year. So maybe to, to kind of delve in a little bit more, and you've kind of touched you've touched on it, but, you know, obviously Coach Pease was on the staff last year, but now he's the O.C., and this isn't just like you know somebody getting promoted to OC. I mean, P 
Pease has been the OC at some big places. He's got a lot of experience coaching. There's now three different guys on this staff who have held the title of OC at Montana. But you said that it seems like everybody's buying into this. Pease has got people in the right places. So what what do you think is going to be different about the approach this year? The hierarchy, first off, with Pease at the top and maybe the trickle-down effect there is, is as good as I've seen it in my eight years cool. here. And, and that, to me, gives me so much encouragement and hope for the offensive side of things. I To watch Brent Pease go through his play sheet, and I'm lucky that I get the access I do and to see kind of how they prepare for practice and then mm-hmm. to watch how they practice and then how they break down the film after practice. And, and just the way that they view the game, obviously it's way different than I view it. I, I, I mean, it's to a different level it's like taking calculus if you're with brent pease when i'm worried about algebra okay it's a it's a little bit different but um i I think the creativity that the offense is going to have i think setting up explosive plays is going to be a lot more entertaining for grizz fans and for all of us to watch i think the the plan that he's going to put in place is what gives me the most hope and I, i just think that Everyone's on the same page on the offensive side of the ball right now. And it's – I don't want to get too excited early. But just with the way that this schedule is set up, I think that they could raise some eyebrows with what they can do in their first couple of games and to utilize all the weapons they have and, and to see if and what the weakness will be that they have offensively. Um, I think, you know, you – I'm, first of all, I'm excited about all that. But you said something else earlier, kind of acknowledging that Bergen was underutilized. And I just, my hope for the offense this year, and this is something that we talked about on this pod a lot last year, was that the offense is just more deliberate. Where it's like, it's actually, you know, we're calling plays to set things up down the road, to kind of get people in positions, to misdirect people. And I, I just... Not to get too critical on anything, but I just feel like that's been missing. And it's been frustrating, especially last year when we had two guys who I think should have been getting the ball a lot more than they did. And, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, we've got an injury on the other one. But my hope is that we see more of that. It feels like we will. That's the hope. I mean, that's why you make a change. You know, I mean, good or bad. But in my opinion, you know, it's like uh, hopefully I think Brent comes with that eye and can – do that for us. Well, and how about this angle too? Brent's hungry. Brent's hungry to prove sure. that that he's ready for this again. We, I talked with him. A shameless plug for the Inside the Den podcast. But there, for folks that are out there, after you listen to the entirety of the Grizz Fan <laughs> Pod, okay, there was an offensive preview. There was an hour long, and a defensive preview. There was an hour long. It's a talk with Bobby about Ooh, all the position groups. Nice. It's each coordinator on there, and it's a player on each right. side. Chris Walker on the offense. Nash Fouch on the defense, but you just get to see the peek behind the curtain a little bit of what they want to do and what they want to accomplish, and I so it gives me the most hope, Luke. An interesting question was asked of us last <clears throat> podcast, and it was <sighs> how many quarterbacks do we have? Well, how how was that question phrased? How many do we like, need to finish the season, yeah. and how many do we have? Because um, I mean, like I felt last year, I was really jazzed about this team it, it, when Lucas Johnson was healthy, and then he wasn't healthy, 
and he was a different quarter. I mean, then he was out, and then he was a different quarterback, right? Yeah. yeah. I love. I'm get. I get excited when I hear you talk about Vidlac. Um, have you seen anything else in the quarterback group that makes me think like, well, if Vidlac goes down with a sprained ankle, or you know can't finish a fourth quarter, do we have someone behind him that's going to be okay with the keys? What do you think? I do. Clifton McDowell is someone that comes in from Central Ooh. Arkansas, and he's six four, two twenty, and he's a first off the bus kind of guy. You, okay. you want him to get off the bus first. He's he's a natural born leader, which I like, and he the quarterbacks jive really well. First off, Vidlack, McDowell, Chris Brown. That, yeah, and, that's and, good because you always wonder about rooms like that when two right. transfers are up there top the day. Right. Yeah. Especially yeah. too when you have the dynamic of seventh year senior. Fourth year sophomore, right? Or let's just say senior sophomore. Let's get the, the <laughs> yeah, because I am, age, yeah. I am, yeah. That's another topic for another day about the red shirt, gray shirt, COVID <laughs> shirt, all that yeah. stuff. So, but the dynamic in the quarterback room is so important to a team, and and I feel as well. A big change is that Brent Pease is now in charge of the quarterbacks. He mm-hmm. was in charge of the wide receivers, so his mm-hmm. role completely shifted yeah, to where true. he's with the quarterbacks and. and you, you break down our quarterback room into two different levels. you got three guys, and this Brent P. said this on the Inside the Den podcast, that there's three guys that are ready to play now. Then you've got the youth movement behind them. And yeah. the three guys are, of course, Sam Vidlack, Clifton McDowell, two transfers we brought in, and then Chris Brown. And Chris Brown has went through an up-and-down career. I think we all can agree with that, mm-hmm. right? And whether he's been put in the best situations or not, I think that there, there's a big part of that. And, and unfortunately, it's the player sometimes that is the one that gets put under the microscope. But was he put in the best situations? I would beg to differ on that. I would say yeah. he probably wasn't. A few of us right. were at the Weber State game. They, they did not call plays to f- find his strengths. I'm just going to leave it at that. That game right there. And, and of course, that's you know it's something that I might mention once on the broadcast, but you don't want to harp on it. That was the fewest amount of yards in the modern era of Grizzly football, that Weber State game. So that was how stunning that game was. But all that being said, my point on this is that Chris Brown has had a phenomenal offseason. I know a lot of people might say right away, what does that mean? He's our, he's our starter. No, but he's more confident. And I think a confident Chris Brown brings out the best version of himself, right? So you, you've got three guys that are capable. But Luke, directly to your question, I think Clifton McDowell is somebody that, that can come in, that if you know, Sam Vidlack goes down maybe for a series. They gotta they gotta readjust his shoe and retape his ankle a little bit. I feel confident that there will be number one a package in place and number two that the leadership of Clifton McDowell will come in where it's not deer in the headlights. Yeah, what's his play style like? Athletic. He can run. <laughs> he can run. Uh, yeah, he can he can move the pocket. And okay. I love to see that. And and the cohesion he has with the receivers. I mean, the off-season work that they did, those player-run practices a little bit. It was Clifton McDowell, and he's, he might see him a little bit on social media. He's very active there, yeah, and yeah. he loves teaching the game. And I think someone that comes in here with that kind of experience, you have the hunger. You've got yeah. the fire, and that's just been the common theme with a lot of these guys. Sam Vidlock, okay, he went to Oregon State. He went to Boise State. Never cracked the rotation. He's hungry to show that he's ready to go. Okay, Clifton McDowell, same thing. He was at Louisiana Lafayette first, then Central Arkansas. Played sparingly, but now he wants to come here and prove, hey, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to compete on this level. Chris Brown, he knows. 
that obviously some games last year, he wasn't the best version of himself. He's hungry as well to do that. So that is the common theme, I think I would say, from the three guys yeah. that you're going to look at. And there's great freshmen. There's great youth behind them. Caden Hewitt, Kealii Ayat, as well as Gage Slider right. from Kalispell. So it's three older guys, three younger guys. Good mix in the quarterback room, though. And I think I think people will make a mistake on McDowell. So they'll just think he's a running quarterback. Um, totally. And- He's they not. think he's going to be in there and just be a wildcat quarterback. Yeah, no, That's no. not the case. So yeah. it's not a good comp to think of him as like our Chambers, like from MSU. I think that that would be the easy, the easy comp, but it's not right? a good one. I don't think so. At I, first, because at first I was thinking it was going to be a Sac State thing, like they've done the last mm. two years. But uh, what was the name of their more mobile quarterback? Asher O'Hara. O'Hara. Yeah. I think I think Vidal throws a better ball than O'Hara. He throws a better I ball. Th- and he's he a runs lot bigger. more. He he's bigger and he runs he. The practices I see, they're not like when McDowell comes in. It's not like, okay, run left, run right, run middle, or hand it off, and that's all you do, kid. Good luck. He's playing, at least from a fan observation, he's playing the exact same playbook. It's not like, okay, it's the McDowell package, bring him in, that some people, I think, myself included, assume might be the case. He's he's playing, he's fighting for a starting spot or, or to rotate, and so, I mean... They're giving him the full reign of the offense, too. So. I, we need to get Justin Green on maybe in the offseason. I know it's a long <laughs> yeah. way, but I'm fascinated about how we find these guys. Oh, like, yeah. like, where did you wow. get a, you know, like. The transfer portal. You don't get tweeted at these these guys but, tweeting oh, at you? The transfer. Time? Yeah, the, <laughs> no one tweets at me. But uh, It's amazing <laughs> how many um, athletes follow the podcast. A like, lot. Yeah. Yeah, but like, there's I don't know why we I, have nothing. There's a lot of people three. that follow me that think yeah. I'm a coach, and yeah. he's like, yeah, I'm not quite a coach. I, I know I get one DMs of the, like, hey, coach, here's my film. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I know one of the Travis uh, Decour's uh, former grad assistants, and he's talked to me about um, the basketball transfer portal, and he's like, oh, there's 1,300 names in it. Could you imagine the size of it for football? Like, how would you sort? through all these guys to get a Clifton McDowell, Sam Vidlack in your backyard. Like, this is a – I'm fascinated by the whole it's, process. I've heard from Justin before, well, and, and Bobby and others. I mean, it starts with connections. And so, of like, if there's 3,000 kids in the portal, um, you're going to whittle it – well, I mean, I don't know. Bobby has a lot of connections with these guys. But you're going to cut it to a field of coaches that know. Like Vidlack, we recruited Vidlack. He was verbal to Montana before Oregon State stole him away from us. Uh, I don't know the McDowell connection, but we've been pulling a couple kids kind of from that region, uh, a few more kids from kind of the south as well too. Um, And so a lot of it comes with connections, and then coaches making referrals, it sounds like. Um, That seems to be the big thing. They have to be able to know your coach you're leaving the team from, is what I understand, and probably have a connection with your high school or the previous team you're at as well before. That's kind of the first few check boxes, is what I'm told. So then that kind of narrows it down. So you're not just looking at a sea of names; you're looking at a smaller sea of names. <laughs> and it's a little bit unique too. All that is correct, what you said. And then these guys are almost having to put their information out there to coaches rather than coaches finding players, right? It's more of, and I'm not saying this is Clifton's case at all, but Clifton McDowell like tweeting at Justin Green saying, "Hey, coach, I'm in the yeah. portal. I'm ready mm-hmm. to go. Like here, here." That is happening now, and it's different. Rather I just, than 
I just imagine how easy like the northern Colorado's recruit like it's torturous, but also his inbox isn't full. If you know what I mean. Like, oh man! Yeah. Like, like how do I get someone here? But also like he's not that busy. <laughs> I bet he gets more than you think because they're a D one program. Oh, People yeah. want to go D one. They're doing everything. Side question: Side Greeley or Pocatello? Where would you rather go? Oh my god, Pocatello. That was quick. That was very decisive. I've heard Greeley has a smell. It does. I've, I've heard they have boil days. <laughs> With <laughs> the water? That. I, really? Like, <sighs> we're, we're at the slaughter. Like, they'll, like, boil, like, all oh. the remain, And, it like, it has a distinct it Greeley thing. stinks every time I go there, but they do have good IPAs. Well, and so they're... That, that well, they're you're an IPA guy. Uh, you know what I'm saying? They're close to some cool stuff, too. Right. Pocatello? Oh, I don't know, man. Pocatello's tough. I've never been to Greeley. Oh. I was going to say, I should preface this by saying I've never been to Greeley, but I, Pocatello, at least you can drive two hours and, you know, be out of there. But I guess you could get to Denver from Greeley, know. too. I'm just I saying don't about know. the state of Idaho versus the state of Colorado. Fair. Yeah. Take me to Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Potatoes. <laughs> Potatoes and hemp products. Yeah, James, how much caffeine do you think is in this prime you're drinking here? You're going to be up until Thursday. There's no caffeine; mode? it's electrolytes. Oh, yeah, been prime dip- is this like sports drink that is like YouTube based and all these YouTube kids slash like, boxer. Is this Deion Sanders' drink? No, it is caffeine for that's Coach Prime to you. Coach Prime, yeah. did you see that that Deion Sanders has 83 new guys on his roster at Colorado? Nine scholarship guys returning from last year, that's it. That is crazy turnover. That's wild. Didn't he tell them all in the first team meeting? Like, yeah. Bring in my Louie. Bring in my bags. Yeah. You know? I got my baggage. My son's my quarterback. Here we go. What? I mean... They're going to be must-see TV, whether it's good or bad, whether you want to see the crash or whether you want to see one of the biggest turnarounds. I mean, have you seen their schedule? TCU, Nebraska. Who says they're losing week one? Oh, they're losing big week one. Who do they play week one? At TCU. TCU. And that's a primetime game, right? It's the big noon. It's the big noon kickoff. Big game, right. Okay. Uh, Yeah, Colorado's going to be bad. They'll start one and four. (laughs) I think most people project them to win one or two games. Yeah. Be interesting what his press conference is. I was going to see, but so, man, to have that many new guys and still be terrible, you should just kept the guys on the roster. So I was talking about this with Kyle, who's been on the pod before. He was trying to get tickets to one of the games down there, and I think it was one of the little bit more marquee games. But like the hype is real. Like, oh, I have no tickets doubt. are like five, six, seven hundred dollars. Let's look right now. That home opener against Nebraska. No, now that's a rival. That was the there one. Is, there is no doubt that at least short term, this was a. Home run higher for Colorado. I mean, yeah, the money like, they put into is higher. It's probably they're yeah, gonna get it back this they're year. They're gonna get it back. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Oh yeah, the the seat geek <laughs> low for the Nebraska Buffs game on the ninth is two forty three, and that's probably like nosebleed or GA or something. It's right? yeah, actually, that's a really bad ticket. You know, look, one other thing while you're looking at look, ticket prices, the other thing I was thinking about, too, on the recruiting side, it's probably also why they brought in Keaton to help as well, too. So now they've got another full-time employee that does a lot of operation stuff, but Keaton also helps a ton with recruiting. I mean, now they've got a full position for it as well. I, I've never talked to him about what his job is, but I'll bet a lot of it is 
pouring like, over all that stuff yeah, as well, too. Probably. So, um, yeah. Before we kind of start talking about the actual season, and then we'll probably kind of get into stars at camp and stuff like that, but like jump into the season. Any kind of final thoughts on the stuff we've been talking about, kind of coaching change or, or kind of like big picture so, programs? Tell us about stuff. Bradshaw. Like your your take on Bradshaw, Bradford. SDC, Brad, Brad. Sorry, thank you. Yeah, I I, I was just gonna say I, I think we've talked a lot about the offense and yeah. that's where the excitement lies and that's where you have nine returning starters and there's not many question marks defensively. Heard about it a lot. You lose three All Americans. You lose your defensive coordinator to coach college football for 50 years. There's going to be an adjustment piece to all of this. Ronnie Bradford provides great energy for what he does and he's going to go about it in a totally different way than Kent Bear did, right? Kent Bear relied on his experience and his play sheet and his whiteboard. If you went into his office, just had every call for every down and distance that you could even imagine. Now, Ronnie Bradford, that's probably not going to be the case. A little bit more on feel, but he also, the hierarchy down, right? Relying on his assistant coaches a ton. And I think the big hire that for folks, again, that are maybe just diving back into Grizz football, didn't realize it, is that Tim Houck is involved every single day with oh, this Grizzly defense. And he's an analyst, but at the same time, analysts now, they can be on the field coaching, which is a difference from last year. And oh, interesting. Yes, I didn't realize that yeah, changed. Yeah, I mean, at fall camp, I don't know if you saw, but Tim, Tim was down there in his defensive stance back there, you know, looking at, looking at the – 22 shot is, you know, when all 22 And is Rosie the offensive analyst? Uh, yep. And yeah, because I did see him mm-hmm. on the, on the yeah. And and Tim Houck is, is heavily involved. And then, you know, under the radar stuff, Kim McLeod, he was the analyst. He's now working with the corner. Corners, so yeah. I think the defense and everyone is chronicled it, right, with some of the injuries that happened up front. Now, injuries are going to be, unfortunately, the nature of college football, right? How many, whoever stays the healthiest is going to have a better chance to keep going. But, but I really like where the Grizzlies are at, at least at the linebacking core. I mean, there's some big time names. That Montana flavor's still there. Uh, Riley Wilson's a name we're going to talk about, and I just think that the energy's different. There's more question marks on the defensive side, and I think it's going to be refreshing. How many times in the last three years, let's just say? where we were relying on the defense to hold the rope and just praying that the offense could figure it out a lot. for a couple of games. A lot. <laughs> yes. Yes, James, you're right. Nin- 2019. <sighs> exactly. Five I, interceptions. Oh, I know. <laughs> okay, well. Oh, and the sleet. James, five, five picks and the sleet. Hey, you were endorsed. I didn't watch life. it. We had a plumber. <laughs> we had a plumber over, and I made friends with him. Did you? Oh, yeah. that's right, because we were out of That town sounds like its own separate yeah, issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of Thank issues God on I that Friday a, night. Thank God I had a good plumber that I knew, because I was in Utah. There was a, <laughs> there was a lot crappy about <laughs> yeah. that night. Yeah. Nice. Uh, but uh, Do you guys have the sound effect? Yeah. But um, yeah, we need no, this is this is a low-budget operation. It's about what you see. Uh, there used to be lasers, but they were just us going, pew, <laughs> pew, pew, pew. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> but to sum it up, I mean, for the defense, I'm going to wait and see like all of you guys. I mean, there's five returning starters. I, I think I know what the strength of the defense is going to be. It's still going to be the front six or seven, depending yeah, on what yeah. formation variable they're going to be in. And, and we're going to see if the secondary can prove themselves because it's a lot of familiar names that are getting elevated to yeah. higher roles. And, yeah, there's, and, there's nobody you wouldn't recognize right. on it. And no, that's the nature yeah. of college football. Can these right. guys step up and yeah. rise to the challenge? I think we're all hopeful they can, and we're going to find out through the next couple months. All right. I think get excited for Riley Wilson. He is. That's 
very fun to watch. That's what I hear. He's uh, <laughs> might be a sleeper pick for uh, Big Sky defensive MVP. Newcomer MVP. Oh yeah, something. Yeah. He. Yeah. He's, he's, fun. Di- he's, he's fun different. Riley Wilson's different. Now he's a transfer from Hawaii. For folks that don't know, he's yeah. from Texas originally, so well traveled, but. Uh, finally healthy and he could be a difference maker and he's going to slide into that spot too that Patrick O'Connell had and that's a very productive position mm-hmm. within the Grizzly defense so watch out for Riley Wilson all right you brought up Patrick O'Connell so should we pivot to off of my plan here he seems to be having a pretty good preseason with Seahawks Unbelievable. it's looking good for him yeah yeah uh flowers I saw got cut today yeah um oh, but not completely surprising uh Samari's also having a good preseason you could probably tell us all about that brent mr packer yeah uh samari well you know they had a draft pick and a couple undrafted free agents that have been pretty well but they were really hyping him up so he appears to be on the right side of the roster cuts but quieter spring uh quieter preseason than i think they were hoping for him because the second round draft pick from michigan state really blew up um but uh i think he's still safe they're saying he's you know but they're they're talking about how because he was doing kick returns and whatnot, which I don't think he really ever did for us. Um, well, that's because we had flowers. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> good point. And Bergen. <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah, no, I think Samari is probably in good shape. That's a bummer on Malik. We were just talking about that the other day. Yeah. Um, with a, but that's a tougher. You know, that's a tougher. He got there, like, last week, right? He'll, yeah. So. He'll make a practice roster, and then there's going to be 50 injuries in the first three weeks. Look at Rashid Shaheed. Okay? Rashid yeah. Shaheed yeah. also was getting cut from rosters and bouncing around from teams. Well, he found a home with New Orleans and caught lightning in a bottle. I think Malik has the same type of game that could click sure like could. that. Where he's going to stick with it. I'm really pumped for Pat because yeah. he's the biggest surprise, I think, of it all. And, and we knew what he could do. I just think surprise maybe from Seahawks camp and from the national standpoint of, man, this guy was second on the team in tackles for their first two preseason games. He could be a capable backup on the, on the sure. two deep. And mm-hmm. I, I think that I'm knocking on wood. I'm, I'm hoping – I would be shocked if he didn't make the roster. I, I mean, really would. If he doesn't make the roster there – I think it's going to be hard for the Seahawks to sneak him out of their practice squad because I think somebody will grab him. He, I've I've only been able to pay attention to the preseason about this much, but we'll be fine. We don't want to play him. Oh well, we don't want to play him. Yeah, the night. Oh, that's right. Yeah, play. you're going to see him twice, aren't you? Yeah. It's one of the tough things, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk about the season. So, game one. Yeah, we'll just start right there. Um, Butler. The Butler Bulldogs. The Bulldogs. What? Uh, where? Where are the Bulldogs even from? Indiana. Downtown Indianapolis. Okay. We're not a little five minutes from downtown, but Indianapolis. And they have like a completely new coaching staff for the most part, right? Sure. Like I think they fired everybody. <laughs> yeah. Brent, yeah. yeah they, they went seven and four last year. They were seven and two and had a chance to win the Pioneer. They're from the Pioneer Football League. For and then some stuff happened. I don't know what, but stuff happened. <laughs> stuff happened, okay. <laughs> some, hey, something happened. I, I look at what they did last year. They had Brett Bushka, who's a Walter Payton watch list guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the, the league MVP last year, which I don't care what league you're in. If you're the league MVP, you're obviously pretty darn good at what you can do. He's a dual threat runner, a dual threat quarterback. He can run. He's only five foot eleven, But... They kind of start and stop with him. I think people look, though, the Pioneer Football League is a non-scholarship league. 
Um, that's what San Diego plays in. Davidson has made the playoffs the last couple of years. Yep. From that league, it's coast to coast. Very bizarre. I mean, you've got, I mean, obviously San Diego up to Indianapolis and, and down to Jacksonville, I think, and Marist. It's just a, it's a weird league. Oh, so they were the FBS before the FBS. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly, coast to coast. But first ever meeting, everyone knows their basketball pedigree. Football-wise, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. they're – they kind of are who they are. They won seven games last year. I think they'll they'll provide at least a decent test. I think that, you know, if we're really diving into the matchup a little bit, I think where the biggest holes the Grizzlies have are going to be put to the test by the biggest strengths than Butler has. Yeah. And yeah. so that, to me, is his storyline number one leading into it. The Grizz will be heavily favored, as they should. But Butler did go on the road last year and took on South Dakota State on the road and lost 45-17 to in that game. So that might give you... A little barometer of at least. Yeah. I don't think they'll be intimidated coming in here. I mean, went to Brookings and took on the eventual national champion. Yeah, yeah. So, same time, you know, Wagres, you can always provide that X factor because I don't think the crowd in Brookings on that September afternoon was as good as it's going to be on, nah, in no, six days. Not even so, close. No. They have an all-conference punter as well, Riley. <laughs> Hope we see him uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but that was it. Like I was looking, at, and I think they're picked fifth in the conference, and so. Middle of the pack. Yeah. I just, I, I think it's, you know, is that what you're going to say? Yes. Sorry. No. Sorry. I, I don't want to steal your thunder. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, you know. You might I might mean, be pushing Sunberg in the booth here. So, uh, <laughs> I like I like that they provide like a tune-up, but it's like a Division One school, and it's a quarterback that's on the paint watch list for now, so it's not like we're going to be playing um, Stetson. the Stetson Hatters. Is that what it is, James? Yeah. They play MSU. The Stetson Hatters. I have them getting blown out. Uh, MSU getting blown out? Dang. No. Hot Stetson. Take. I know. Do you do you uh thirty seven thirteen. So you have scores for all these <laughs> yeah. games too? Yeah. Wow. What do you have for Butler and Montana? Have you gotten done that one yet? Yep. Okay, what, what's, what's the score prediction? Thirteen thirty four. You think we're only putting thirty four up? Yes. Oof. We very rarely blow out teams in these situations. Once in a while we do. It's a whole new regime, Mike. All right. whole new era. One element, and I'm sorry I'm going off script a little bit. I watched a couple of the Week Zero games, and I've heard Same. from – you have? Did you watch Notre Dame? Yeah. Yeah. Watch that one. I watched blow the Blowout. Oh, blowout. Watch the barn burn of Ohio, San Diego State. But <laughs> I think it's going to play a big factor for folks that are, again, jumping back into this, is the rule change they made with the clock. Clock, yes. How it will not – stop anymore after first downs until the final two minutes of each half it will significantly shorten the game and Impact i the score yeah and i i'll admit i am not a fan of it. I, it college is college it's great it's more like the nfl game to me shorter possessions and, and hurt i should say limited possessions yeah, right yeah, and, and yeah. at the same time you might think, oh, well, teams are going to speed it up. I at least saw the opposite. In a couple games that I watched, it's more of, well, hey, let's just draw out this possession. We get the lead. We can kind of play keep away. That's not college football to me. So that yeah. could, to James's point, that mm-hmm. could impact yeah. the score Good of point. 34 to 13 might be more mm-hmm. realistic. That's what m- I, me and my team did in Spartan, Spartan basketball camp. <laughs> play keep away? Yeah. Did you? For the last, like, two minutes. Because you guys <laughs> don't have a shot clock, right? No. Nah. So you can just pass it around. Mm-hmm. Can the other team play full court defense though? Well, it's only half court. Oh, okay, so you have like three groups of kids. <laughs> there might be dribbled out. In there the might be some weird opportunity with the new rule change and the sports book. And I don't want to dive too deep into that because I'll get out of my depth. But um, 
like Vegas adapting to like oh, the, the yeah. point differential. The over unders, right? Yeah. yeah, that'll be that'll be fascinating to see. Because yeah. I I don't know how you put a metric in for that because you hear from some coaches or some analysts that it might be five to eight plays fewer per game. Coach Hauk thinks that it might be twelve to fifteen. That's a ton. That's two possessions. Two full possessions. So how do you – is it more by feel? Is it something early where you you just think there's going to be less points scored? I'm not sure. Was it maybe because I watched two terrible games? Maybe that was the reason why it felt that way. But I I think it's going to change the game. And and people two, three weeks into it are going to go, what what are we doing here? So that'll be something to watch for. Well, at least it's not going to be 100 damn degrees in that stadium. Weather's going to be nice for the game, like 70s. Knocking on wood, there's oh, no I'll smoke. Take that. No right. s- limited smoke, maybe. Until the fireworks go up. Yeah, but the the week one, week zero games are always – I mean, you guys are right. Mm-hmm. There's never really any good games. No, there really usually isn't. But yeah, because so. it's always FBS teams playing FCS teams. Yeah, or and or you get ones where it's like tight for it. Like USC was up on San Jose twenty one fourteen at the half last night, and then they opened it up. But then San Jose scored like two garbage touchdowns. I don't know. That was a weird one. There's only one but. big game, right? I think LSU Florida State. Yeah, that's about the only one I think that's. Uh, I predicted that one too. <laughs> I'm actually. Re- I need to know this. LSU twenty three twenty one. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. I actually think the biggest game will be NAU going to Arizona. Um, I'm giving the Lumberjacks a chance. I'm giving them a chance. I did too. I think they're going to be better than people think, and Arizona is now. I mean, they beat them two years ago. Exactly. I still want to think about NAU. They brought in a ton of transfers, right? They did. I. If we're looking at the Big Sky landscape, I, I think more than I've ever seen been in the league now over a decade i it, it yeah. is the haves and have nots Big time. and i think there's a massive gap between the top six and the bottom six and yeah i think the popular pick would be that nau's maybe the best of the bottom six but does that mean that they're going to win more games than they lose i don't think so no. so i think there's a big time gap between the top six and you know it's a it's a fun question it's a common mm-hmm. question who's your sleeper team there's not a sleeper team, in my opinion. I well, think that the top six. Weren't the Grizz picked like sixth? We can be well, a sleeper. I was going to say, <laughs> this is, a, Let's go. This is yeah. a good matchup for the mid-tier teams in the Pioneer League versus the Big Sky Conference, right? I mean, like, yeah. we were picked in the middle. Butler was picked in the middle. Yeah, true. We're well, embracing this mid-tier, aren't we? Let's just, you know what? Uh, make a, Until they prove otherwise. Prove Let's I don't, go. <laughs> it's I, unique, though. I mean, I'll ask you guys that question. Does it feel that way? About We talked about it earlier in the pod about this is the least the target has been on the back, I think, of the Grizzlies. And absolutely. It, yeah. Because we just have, like, they, they just have not finished the deal for a while, you know? Yeah. I think if things play out, because the first, what, three, four games, they're heavily favored, five games. And then that game six is Davis, right? Correct. They go on the road. Davis will probably be ranked. Well, they are now, and they should be then. And if we beat them, it's like, up, oh, right back up there. I have right back. beating I mean, them by a touchdown. Be, you're going to be under the radar. We for beat them, and then we go to Idaho. Yeah, yeah. and then Idaho's going to be here. And Idaho's going to be gonna beat and us. That's going to be a top ten matchup. That, that's what Ooh. I predicted. You so you don't oh. think we're getting the little Brownstein back here? 
Let's let's there. finish talking about Butler and then let's quickly go through the schedule because I feel like you've got some stuff to add here. Yeah, I have NAU going two and nine, but every single game's pretty close. Wow. Okay. Interesting. That is interesting. Um, what else do we know about Butler? Not much. There's dual not, threat QB. Not much coverage. Don't That's forget Butler's the punter. Football. There's really not. And I've, All conference punter. Whoa. I'm running into that That's right now. some legitimate now. research there, James. Are, no, he have said you tried it just earlier. cold calling like <laughs> someone and being, you know, in that oh. zip code and being like, what do you think about Butler football? <laughs> cold calling someone. Maybe someone that uh, works at the Indianapolis Star and saying, hey, yeah. you guys covering Butler football? No, no. Who? Not, I think they play football? Yeah, their final game, maybe. Basketball? Senior yeah. day. So it. It's there's not much information out there, and I think that, you know, that's what gives coaching staffs a little bit of anxiety going into this. That the, the fear of the unknown, and yeah. I think we're all going to be there with them. And what we do know is they have a really good quarterback and apparently a good punter. And, and they went into Brookings, <laughs> South Dakota last year and took on a top five team. That's what I know. A top a one team. <laughs> and I mean, it's like you look at their stats, and it's like they ran for 160 a game. They passed for 220 a game. I mean, they're kind of like us, right, last year. Um, slightly positive turnover margin. Nothing super flashy. I mean, uh, kind of a, a balanced team with a, with a dual-threat QB that uh, appeared to be pretty decent on third down. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just nothing really jumps off the stats from last year about them either. So... Uh, I, I compared a lot to the opener last year against Northwestern State. Uh, I would yeah. say I mean, it's a yeah. very similar yep. type game, similar type opponent as last year. Yep. Um, Luke, do you have the uh, uh, ability to start keeping track of the picks we're about to make here? I, I'm ready for it. All right. So, <laughs> so we week, week one versus Butler. I've got the Grizz. James, who do you have? Grizz. Yeah, Grizz. <laughs> Grizz. Yeah. All right. We're Grizz all the way. We're Grizz here. All right. Just say Grizz 5. Grizz, yeah. <laughs> so um, let's quickly go week by week through the schedule. We're not going to spend too much time talking about everybody. But um, so week two, we go to Utah, Utah Tech. Utah Tech. What's their local mascot now? Trailblazers. 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 Sorry, James. I'm not taking your thunder anymore, dude. <laughs> I just know it. Okay. You're like, you say you say nice putt when the birdie's like a foot out. Yeah. and then, mm-hmm. um, You know, and. Ten seconds or less. What do we know about Utah Tech? Um, you can open that right up. In the we thing. have, you know, that's part of. The we had it last year. Yeah. It was about the fourth one. I thought I was going to break. Their that. team. We gave up two bad touchdowns to them last year. That's pretty much it. They play the Cats this weekend, so we'll get a yeah, they, little yeah. bit of James is putting out their back-to-back event. start against Montana team. No, yeah. Isn't that where Panfloff came from? Yeah, Correct. it is. So yeah. we took their best offensive lineman, yeah. maybe. And remember, Big Mo Moses Mallory. He also came. From Utah Tech, oh, the right. artist formerly known as Dixie State. Yes. Right. So this is good for us. This is like a recruiting visit for all their well, kids. Well, I actually we've talked about this a little <laughs> bit, but it's like you do have to wonder with the transfer portal being what it is, if like it, these aren't recruiting visits for some of it's like you know it's like, like you better. I mean, like we noticed this. Was it last year, or was it the year before the Eastern win? And granted, none of the kids came here, so maybe it didn't matter. But our coaches were having some pretty friendly conversations with the kids on the field. Maybe it was just, hey, great job, Ske- blah, blah, So schedule um, FCS teams from hot, like hotly <laughs> dense recruiting beds. 
and like the shit out of him and then just like be super friendly with him after be like hey you know it's pretty nice another D lineman. you should come, <laughs> come look on. at our locker room <laughs> the showers <laughs> like, <laughs> great you gotta be like playing ping pong yeah. Yeah. center's open yeah. Yeah. Go, go play can I point out something Utah Tech has five out of conference games three of them are the big sky and two of them are the Montana teams and do they who's, play, the who's the third northern Arizona Oh, yeah, that makes sense. First three games of Because the they're in that weird conference that's... UAC. That the UAC. You know what it stands for? It's a Is that a bank? No. Uh, he's, he's I don't know what UAC stands for. UAC. I think Riley knows. They just made up the name a month ago. Yeah. The United Athletic Conference, I believe. That's cute. Yeah, it's... It's yeah. basically the A Sun and the Whack again. It, it it's unique to me. It's because you're seeing a lot of this. I, I for folks that don't know, I think I keep saying that. Jeez, Big South and OVC have, have combined for a bid this year. So that right. is oh, the conference God. that SEMO was in, and the Big South now does were not they, have the required membership. So. Were they previously two automatic? Yeah. They, they were two automatic. Four teams no, in not. the Big South. At <laughs> least that's what Google says. Yes, that would be right. Huh. And how many are in the Ohio Valley, James? That's where Simo, who was ranked ahead of the Grizzlies, yeah. by the way, in yeah. the national poll. Not in my national poll, but six. In- really, they've ranked them. Yeah, they ranked them. I think thirteen. Is Simo thirteen the new last Northern year. Iowa? This year. Thirteen at the end. Simo is in the top ten. Wow! And the Grizz no. are fourteen. I thought I thought Simo was eleven. Must have been looking at your poll. Maybe I'm looking at my poll. I know I had Montana. You're a voter in I the am poll a voter. record, so I'm, I'm going to go with okay. you. I. I had Montana at seven and SEMO at nine. I took a little bit of grief on Twitter for that. That's okay. I didn't know about any of that conference realignment stuff with the Wait a second. You had Montana at seven and the coaches picked Montana at what? Six in the conference. I had him seven in the country. See, to me. So the the national poll is big, big, big sky top heavy, huh? Oh, I I don't (laughs) think there's any question that. There's six of the top 15 teams oh, in the Oh, I country, buy that easily. No doubt are yeah. in the big sky. And oh, you yeah. might make an argument six of the top 12. We'll just see. The problem is the unbalanced schedule. Here we go again. They uh-huh. beat each other up. Circumstantial stuff, right? I mean, I do think, point blank, the big sky is the best conference. Yeah, and I think the Missouri, that's right. Yeah, I mean, the Missouri Valley, yes. They've got NDSU and SDSU. What do they have after that? I mean, Northern Iowa, North Dakota. Missouri State. Yeah, <laughs> Just no teams. All right, so week two, UNF. Utah Tech. Yep. Wait, yeah. So, are, are we wins all around? Yep. Yep. Yes. Yep. So week three is well, the interesting uh, game. Let's let's get to what all the Grizz fans <laughs> are. D two champs. Yeah, I mean, just and it's, it's how, many, even I mean, like, how many people are losing sleep over? I mean, I, I just feel like everyone is just circling this well, game. It is the definition of a trap game to me because it, you know. A, I hate that we schedule them, but I know that it's difficult. But it's like, you know, it doesn't – it's not a win that counts towards playoffs. Yeah. It's like – But the- a loss would certainly count against us for the playoffs. And they are a good football program. They yeah, are. D2 champs back-to-back. Yeah. A former player of theirs works in my office. Really? Yeah. First Ryan. Do you know their mascot, James? Uh, Bulldogs. My guy. Wow. Nice job. Very good. I do this game and I customize like the top twenty-five teams. I think a great D2. battle would be 
me and you do the mascot challenge someday. Oh, I would love to do that. If oh, we have can a I set this up? Oh, yeah. Can I be yep. the MC? Yep, you can be the I MC. I know a lot. I know a lot. I don't know. This would be fun. This We're going to really go obscure. Yeah. <laughs> because you ever I heard of the Belfry Bats? Oh, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Melstone Bronx. Here we go. The, uh, when I was your age, I loved doing the mascot oh, challenge. God, that's it's amazing. The, it's the best. That's best. awesome. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, the Grizz are going to beat Ferris State. They better. I don't believe we're losing that game. It's yeah. going to be a night we're game. We're winning by six. That's what I think. Six. Ooh, that's close. Six. Bro. It's Montana. That's all I have to say. Okay. What? Black- is that stressful to you, Brent? Blackout that, game. That's very night stressful. Game. New Jersey's right, I've heard. Yeah. James, right. how old are you? Ten. I mean, he, we haven't won a Big Sky Conference championship in his lifetime. In his lifetime. Yeah. Holy so I, I, I can't hate you for this. Uh, <laughs> for your this. jaded approach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've pointed out to my wife before that the Yankees haven't won a World Series and the Grizz haven't won a conference championship since we got married. Um, <laughs> At least you have Is a it a curse? <laughs> we have a very strong marriage. <laughs> what are you talking about? Break this union up, Nuge. Those are going to be the questions next week from the listeners. Like, yeah. Will you well, and Stacey just if agree we won, to live together but not be married if the Grizz can win a national championship? If we won two national championships. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, dear. All right. So are we wins all around for Ferris? Yeah. Okay. We're close. All right. So then we kick off. Conference season. Who starts at NAU? NAU. At NAU. Yep. Let me know who Luke's picking. I think it's gonna. I, I'm picking the Grizz. I just think it's gonna be a harder game than I, we think. Weird things happen in that dome. I will say that it's a, it's a unique place yeah. to play. It's they've got know. that chainsaw thing that's really annoying. Yeah. So our listeners want to know how did the QB competition for NAU go this fall? What I have been told, the last I heard, is that they also brought they brought in Daniel Britt. Yeah, former Grizz, and they also brought in a guy from Cal. And I think that Ooh. guy is their number one, and Daniel Britt. Last I checked, last I heard, is their backup. So, and might even be down the list from there. Yeah. But we'll see. I we'll I see. know that they've got a guy from Cal that they love, and he's their starter. And hey, in this day and age of the transfer portal, I know I'm going against what I just said, but I mean. I, yeah, there might be a team that totally surprises you just because of lack of information out there, right? But at the same time, they're going to have to ride that hot hand. At quarterback, I do know that I mean, they've had great skill position guys the last couple of seasons. But Good James, speed. Oh, yeah, great team speed. speed. James, can you tell me who NAU plays in their non-conference? Well, I guess you already told us they play Arizona and they play Utah Tech. And I believe their third game is North Dakota. Yeah, so, second. Second game. So to me, they'll be sitting one and two. James, would you agree, since you're the expert on this? Yeah. Since they're sitting one and two, welcoming in the Grizz. Um, two things. One, I just looked over, and James is taking a mascot uh, quiz online. <laughs> um, so he's are already you, practicing. For the I have the ACC done in, uh, in a minute. So he's in already prepping for Riley uh, throwing uh, stuff down here. This uh, could be, this could this be. Could be big. <laughs> I think ESPN ate the Ocho would yeah. maybe broadcast we'll this We'll battle. get it there. We'll go live. Um, if if the quarterback if the offense gels like we expect it to I don't think that they will struggle with NAU at all that's my thought on that because NAU that we saw last year has a long way to go and the Grizz may have some question marks coming off of last year but they still have a lot of depth and a lot of talent yeah I agree so, 
Are we uh, we're five for for the Grizz in the NAU game? Yes, I think it win. Yeah. Yep. All right. Four and zero. Who's next? Idaho State. Four and zero, but really three and zero. Idaho State's next. In Idaho State. Missoula. Homecoming. Does anybody think that we're going to um, lose that game? I As don't. a side note, I heard people were pretty impressed with their new coach. Uh, uh, Cody Hawkins. Hawkins. Dan like, Hawkins' son. Like, good guy, nice guy, seems to be, like... Refreshing, yeah. right? But because that Charlie Regal experience was a disaster. Oh, my I'm not, God. I'm not, you know, I mean, from, from the assistant coach debacle to him leaving in the middle of the night to right. yeah. calling out players, like, before their last, right before game, the last game. It was yeah. just, a, it, you know... You feel for Idaho State a little bit for yeah. for just everything they've had to go through. Hey, I, I did hear they spruced up Holt Arena, so yeah, seen some pictures. They got some, some lights. Up. They're going to have some light coming into Holt Arena. Okay, that's no more, <laughs> not as many fluorescents. Oh I, no, they got rid, they got rid of those seats too. So yeah, it, thank God. I, I mean, <sighs> I think they just need stability. They haven't had stability in a while, and that's a pretty early game. Idaho State, if I'm not mistaken, they have to play two FBS teams to start. How wounded are they going to be by the end of September? We'll see. That that one will be a that one will be interesting. Should be a gross win. Uh, more importantly, guys, um, uh, if uh, <laughs> things things go the way I would like them to go in this primary election, I'm going to need you on parade duty again that morning. Sweet. Oh, I love just, a parade. Just go ahead and mark that one down. <laughs> we'll be, you know, that'll be Brent's third parade in the Nugent from Missoula Brigade this year, and you're second. So, James is ready. What's it like? I have to ask this question. This is the question I've been waiting to ask. What's it like when you drive down like Russell and you see your face all over a billboard? It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. There's lots of... You just... you You... All these things, like driving down the street and seeing your sign in people's yards. Yeah. The strangest thing, actually, is when people ask for a sign, so you go put it up, and the, you'll see you driving by, and you're putting your yard, your uh, sign with your name on it in people's yards. It's very, you just have to get over completely putting your name everywhere. <laughs> but, oh, it's kind of obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get people? Like people trying to talk to you about ran- like random people you've never met, oh, wanting yeah. to talk to you about things now. Oh like- yeah, you know, and um, absolutely, and you know, for better or worse, you know, we've got ads running, and I'm sorry if people got mailers. That's just life. Um, but uh, I go places. Like I took Hannah to breakfast this morning, and walking in the door, and someone's walking out, and they're like, "Hey, good luck." It's like. I'm glad you saw the ad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you know, is what it is. Yeah. File that one away though. Save save the date temporarily. Okay. Be ready. And, That's a know, big weekend. For everybody Sorry. else, go out and vote. Hey, I'm plugging this too. Big weekend. Grizz Cat Volleyball is Friday night. Ooh, homecoming oh. weekend. It's okay. at six o'clock. And the homecoming pep rally's at eight. Oh. No I exceptions, like Grizz fans. Mm. We need to make that a full weekend. Okay. The neighbors. Okay. They sold out their place, and the Grizz ruined their party last that's, year. That's Grizzly, what they did. Grizzly that's volleyball so is one of the up and coming. I mean, they're not up and coming anymore. They're they've now established themselves. Yeah, yeah. They've taken the next step. We need to pack that place for them Agreed. on Friday night at six. Go to the pep rally after at eight. Get ready. Go to the parade the next day. Watch the Grizz smoke Idaho State. What a weekend! I right? like it. You know, if Love we it. had a website for the Grizz Fan Pod, we'd have an archive of the times that Prince got himself in trouble on 
Twitter. Um, but <laughs> how many pages long? It'd be long. It'd be but, long. Uh, <laughs> that uh, volleyball win when they set the record. Oh God, they got so mad got, at me. He riled some feathers there. Really? <laughs> did you poke? Did you poke the? I can't even remember. Uh, not bear. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I, I, I can't even remember what you did, but Bobcat I Bobcat volleyball Twitter came after me. Yeah, <laughs> like the official Bobcat. No, 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 no. no. Okay, oh, okay. I was like, no. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just had cat football fans tweeting at me, and uh, and I don't know. Like people were just really upset that I celebrated my school winning a game against a rival. You How made dare a joke. You? How dare you? It's, oh, it's that's probably what it was. not the most controversial joke the Grizz fan Well, because their account said something about, like, because they set a record. And they said, they're like, we set a record for a home attendance for a volleyball game. It's like a conference record. And I retweet, or whatever it's called now, reposted it. And I said, that's awesome. Who won the game? <laughs> and then people <laughs> were like, you don't appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> <So, yeah. laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're all five W's for Idaho State. Let's yep. move into October because I think right. everybody yeah. is. Uh, right. October will be a defining month. God, this is setting up for it's just another be. typical Grizz season where it's like they front load wins early and then you got to take care of business. You do. So where are we at UC Davis? At UC Davis, James, what do you think's happening at UC Davis? What's your you algorithm? Win by touchdown. You win by touchdown. Ooh, okay. Interesting. So, wait, James, so we, what was the spread that you had for us against NAU? Um, we only beat NAU by six, but no, we, we had Ferris State Ferris was six. State no, Ferris six. State was We only six. beat Ferris State by six, but yeah. we're going to beat. NAU by 18. So you think, do you think Ferris State could beat NAU? Yes. Okay. Um, I did see this question on Twitter. Davis, what, what, what do we expect? That's going to be tough. Davis is so fascinating to me because they're they're a team that's in the upper echelon of the Big Sky Conference. They have a really good coach, but there's no coverage of UC Davis. There's none. And I'm not saying that people don't care about UC Davis football because clearly people do. But it's so hard to know what they have. Dan Hawkins is notoriously mysterious with a lot of different things. He's obnoxious for play-by-play broadcasters and anyone that wants to follow the game because he has ore on their 2D <laughs> for everybody. Left tackle, running back, oh my God. corner, or Well, it, it could be Mike Nugent or Brent Wahlberg. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, well, thanks. Won't say anything, and there's nobody that covers them on a consistent basis. And so <laughs> it's hard to get a grasp on them. I think that they yeah. have the respect of a ton of coaches. Clearly, I think they were picked second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they have arguably the best throwing yeah. returning quarterback yeah. in the yeah. Big Sky Conference. Hastings, I believe, is his last name. And it's a road game. And it's your first true. And they made a push last year to make the playoffs after they a rough did. start. Well, and there are some people who think they should have made the playoffs over the Grizz. Well, but they it, had one less D1 win. They had one less D1 Well, and their schedule was just... It was brutal. It was. I mean, they did not have a bad loss, and it was hard to argue. They had two playoff games. I mean, yeah. they lost at Cal. They lost at South Dakota State by two. Against Weber State by five at the Cats. And then they lost to Sac State by six, their final game. So, I mean, they were right there. I. They'll be four and one when we play them. They, I mean, they got Oregon State, but outside of that, they've got a D2 school, Southern Utah, Eastern Washington, Cal Poly. Easily four and one. So they'll be four and one. They'll so it'll be if we handle business and they handle business, it'll be a top ten matchup. 
Which is great. I mean, that, that's what you want to get into There's it. only one thing I want to quibble about with what you said. And I'm going to take a sh- shortly circuitous, circuitous route here. Can you spell that? No. Okay. Uh, I barely know what it means. I'm not sure I used it right. But it, the reason why I mispronounced it will connect in the story. Before I was here, I was at I was drinking beers at Odd Pitch. I pregame, <laughs> and I noticed you pregame the pod. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed. I'm glad you um, need to get yourself lubed up to hang out with us. Yeah, well, well, Michael, <laughs> I thought you were with the frat guys doing the beer bong outside the soccer <laughs> stadium. You know, I thought that was you. I actually yeah. intended to go to that soccer game, but I got hung up. Um, but I noticed at Odd Pitch, four o'clock on Sunday. Uh, there is a pinball tournament every Sunday. Okay. Oh. And I, I didn't participate in the tournament, but yeah, I remember but thinking... you'll go get practice and do it down the road. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, 100%. But I remember thinking, people care about pinball still? Now, what I quibble about, Riley, is you said, people care about UC Davis football like they care about pinball. No one gives a shit about UC Davis <laughs> Football. There was more people in odd pitch for that fuck, that stinking. Like, what are you talking about? The route about? you took yeah. to get to oh that God. was amazing. Yeah. Oh All I'm God. saying is they have like thirty some thousand students, and their attendance has been good. So the people that go to the games must care. Okay. No one cares about right, that no. team, and I actually think I'm gonna pencil that in for a loss. See, I'm actually on that road too. Like, I this to me is a game. Unless this Grizz team has turned the corner, in I just I don't believe that we can win this game yet, or we haven't shown to me that we can. What do you think, James? Hmm. You've got the Grizz by a touchdown. UC Davis. Click, click. And here <laughs> I, I want to say that if in my my predictions, um, we're going to make them now, but I really say there's a UC Davis is uh, this bifurcation point where if we can win that Davis game on the road, then I think we'll win the next week in Idaho. And then you, you're, then, then you're we're rolling. going to win out. Then you're rolling. Yeah. And I think then Cat Grizz is always a coin toss, but, but we host it. So I like our odds. But if we lose against Davis, then the rest of the season becomes like a little bit more about you know health matchups. How's our uh, cohesion throughout the season? But I think if we can win that Davis game, then I'm like, uh. So you're saying that might be the swing game of the entire season before November 18th. Before November, yeah, and yeah. we could lose Davis and still make the playoffs for sure. Of course. But if we win that Davis game. Then I think we're back into that conversation of, of like, uh, we're FCS royalty. Yeah, again. and it'll be, a, I mean, like you said, it'll be a top 10 game. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope the Grizz win, but I just, I think they need to prove it to not just like random fans like me, but the the nation, like the, the FCS nation, not the nation doesn't care. But uh, I just, you know, I, I think that people have been waiting for years for the Grizz to be kind of, Dominant and win team win games against good teams on the road, and there aren't a ton of them. One of the best wins they've actually had in the last five years 
was down at Davis the last time they played. Mm-hmm. Davis was a top five team at that yeah, point. Watched it here in your house. They oh, did. They won that game. Davis was third at that point. This is where I'm going to. I'm not going to bow out, but I'm going to take a little bit of a backseat to the predictions. So all, right. all I will all right. say, all what right. I'm going to say, is that the Grizz have four games on their schedule that one could define as coin flips, and there's going to be seven games that they are a heavy favorite. Sure. Would, one of the coin flips is Idaho. You're correct. UC Davis, Idaho, both in October, mm-hmm. Sacramento State, and, and Montana State. Yeah. Yep. Those are your four games that the Grizz do need to prove it, Mike. There's no question. Go ahead, James. I have the Grizz losing two, and I have them losing the Idaho and Sac State game, which are both coin flips. Yeah, and I think that, you know what, nine and two, I think a lot of people would maybe sign up for. That probably gets you a first-round buy. That's what I did last year, and it looked good until... Sac State. All right. Yeah. So, Davis. <laughs> so I think the Grizz are going to beat Davis. Okay. I think um, it's interesting because you look at the path Davis has to win before they meet us, and then the week after that, the path Idaho has. It's very different. Davis, outside of Oregon State, plays, I don't know. I know we hear from Kyler that all of a sudden Eastern is going to be all world again. But um, Davis plays a bunch Best of – Best ever. Davis plays a bunch of garbage <laughs> teams. And so this could be a school that – <laughs> and, and I guess not like not like uh, I mean I think while our schedule leading up to it isn't the most difficult either, I just I don't think Davis is going to like be rolling in with some mm. tremendous battle tested team. Uh, no, you know, so, so basically, I it's think the we're first test for either team. I, and Bobby is not lost to Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Um, it is usually uh, last year maybe the exception. Mm-hmm. Um, we have these road games where maybe we roll in as we're not favored and we have a complete game and it looks good. And it usually tends to happen in October. Um, it just kind of it kind of makes me feel just like that last one. And I feel like I talked about that last time with Dalton Steed and whatever that was, 2019, I think it was, yeah. when we went down there and everyone was like, oh, God, we'd better just – I don't know how we're going to do it. And I was like, I just felt good and confident that this team was going to be ready for it. And they were. And I feel like that's going to be the case again here, too. I will never forget that game. And the reason why is because in our pregame interview with Bobby, I said, what will it take? Final question. What will it take for the Grizz to pull off the upset? And he looked at me <laughs> with the how scowl that nobody wants to be on the other side of. And he goes, it's never an upset when the Montana Grizzlies win. What about Washington? Now, that one might qualify. <laughs> it's an FCS team, but that's how he truly believes. Now, I said I'm going to take a backseat to the predictions. I would say those two October games on the road, if Montana can split those two games, guys, yeah. and take care of business when they should in those other games, I think we would all take 7-1 and one going into November. My, yeah, I really absolutely. do. So, splitting those two games... If you don't get stub your toe in the other ones, would be a welcome sign. So I would set that as yeah, the bar. Yeah. That that's my theory of the case is we sp- we split there, and I think the California travel is tough versus the Idaho travel. And if we drop a game in California, I don't think we lose back to back, especially with like the little little Brownstein <laughs> on the. The, uh, on the, you know, I mean, Bobby's gonna. Bo- Bobby's such a great motivator of men. We don't yeah. go to Cal, like. Cal Davis, UC Davis. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, another small little detail: we play Davis at 4 p.m. Pacific. We play Idaho at 8:30 at night. 
and Bobby hates night games. That one's more of an afternoon game. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of night games this year anyways. But 8.30 Pacific? Is this no. 7.30 Pacific? 7.30 Pacific, 8.30 Mountain. Okay. So Idaho so, game's a late game. So you're going to abstain from this one. You think we're winning. I think we're beating Davis. Luke and I think we're losing. James thinks we're winning. Yep. UC so Davis? two and two. UC Davis. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then we go to Idaho. James, what do you think's happened in Idaho? L. First loss. First so you're loss. You're picking first yeah. loss. Okay. Uh-huh. And you're going to abstain from this one, too. But you're kind of of the opinion that if they can split, they're in really good shape. Okay. Yeah. I, I will go on the record and say that. Yes, okay. I think yep. if they can split if those they two. split. If they split. Davis and Idaho. Yeah, it means they're 6-1 and one going so into their bye week. Odd, and I don't know. This is where your, your kind of fandom becomes irrational. I'm actually not worried about the Idaho game. I think we'll go win at Idaho. I do, um, too. I do, I, too. I... I mean, the Idaho game last year was not them; it was us. You know, <laughs> I mean, I I don't see that happening again, and I think Bobby's going to be pissed off. James, I am curious on this because I think a big factor. You guys were talking about Davis's schedule going into it, right? And mm-hmm. I, I agree with you four and one. Idaho's schedule to start the season is wild. I mean, they are Wait, on the road. I need to look at it. Okay. I, oh, bel- yeah. I believe they're on the road for four of their first five, and their only home game Sacramento State. Four or five, and so they Sac have, State only home. So how they would They go you, to Lamar. They yeah. go to Nevada. They go to California. They go. They host Sac. They go to Eastern. They go to Poly. And that. And, and they have homecoming against us. And then they play. They play the Cats. The next weekend. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Th- they got two, they got a week off. For I mean, they, they could be paying, playing for their playoff lives. The target already. is on their yeah. back now. It's a different feel when that happens. They snuck up on everybody last year. They have incredible playmakers. I know they got Davis McCoy. crushed they, them. Right, right. People forget about that yeah. game. Crushed them. I have Idaho going seven and four, and that stretch. And that's it's with incredible. a win against Montana. Yeah. Okay. June? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you picked them. Okay. So Idaho, Luke, what do you think? I I think I think they dropped the Davis game and then rebound against Idaho. Okay. I could see okay. that. So I so that. I got them for a win. So you and I are in line here. Even though I, I th- cut James off. So even though I think Idaho's a better team than Davis, I just think it's a harder game to win traveling that distance on the road. It'll be our first like real test. What were you saying? I have Idaho going three and two in the first five games. Okay. So do you have them beating one of the big schools? Do you have them beating? No, I have the two Lamar, losses to Nevada Eastern, and California. And Poly. Okay. okay. I have them beating Lamar and Eastern. And Polly. And, and, and then the and what, the reasons that I'm p- picking them beating Sac State and Montana, that team last year, it's a team Idaho. We've never saw Idaho like that. They usually bottom of the conference with like Cal Poly. UNC. The other interesting thing on that front, and because you've got Idaho beating Sac State, is yeah. what will Sac State look like this One year? One reason. You know? I haven't predicted their schedule. Yet, Nobody knows. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> same, coach same, is gone. Theory, same theory applies for UC Davis. I mean, as far as the cover, they have a little bit more than Davis does. But what's interesting about Sac State, Andy Thompson, former Grizz, now head coach, yeah. they return, I believe, 15 or 16 starters. But the starters they lose. Both quarterbacks, I know only one counts, but they lose both quarterbacks. They lose Scadaboo. They lose Pierre Williams, their top wide receiver, top running back. So how do you replace that? Now, you got both lines intact. That's going to go a long way. Marshall Martin is the best tight end in the league. I mean, they've established that winning culture. Sac State, to me, is the biggest wild card. I think that it wouldn't Mm -hmm. surprise me if they were really good again. 
And then if they took a step back, because I think Troy Taylor was the best coach that this league has seen in a long time, yeah, whether we wanted yeah. to admit it or not. Yeah, he out-schemed well, I mean, pretty much everybody. His record would say so. Yeah, he, yeah. And there's some good coaches in this league, yeah. and he out-coached all of them. All right. So, Idaho. Win. Win, win. I kind of feel like I'm filling out my brackets now. I'm like, wait a minute. Right. So, then up? we come back to Washington Grizz, and who do yeah, we host? Um, we have a week I'm off. Not, I'm not up there. And then we host Nor- Nor- uh, Northern Colorado comes yeah. to town. Okay. Fighting Ed Lambs. That's the new head coach, by the way. Formerly right. of Southern Utah. Good coach. They'll be a well-organized team. They're not going to be good, but... I just am shocked that the Ed McCaffrey era didn't work out. Me too. Just you want to call the error or the experience? <laughs> yeah. The Ed McCaffrey experience. It's just shocking that they hired a... A high school coach who lived in Denver, who lived drove in Denver, up. to be a D one football coach, and it didn't work. And he hired they got a good for every the, position and the QB. They right? got a new field out of the deal. I think I, they're happy. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. It's fair. That whole thing, like you just sit there and realize, it's like his kids were over their head in coaching. His kids shouldn't have been the QB. Like what a weird thing. Anyway, we're gonna beat Northern Colorado. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. All right. Northern Colorado, one win for me. Who's Ag- it against? NAU. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Luke so doesn't like that. Pick. Four. Nope. <laughs> four. <laughs> Disagree. Luke likes it. It's you five like one. Mike Lesser, backup quarter. Ah, okay. Right. <laughs> well, right now I'm pretty high on the start. Okay. Um, four wins and an abstention for that game. Who do we got next? Sac State. Are we at Sac or Sac here? Sac here. That's going to be a night game, night isn't it? Game. All right. Oh yeah. Like that. In November now. We're, we're November. winning that game. I don't. Even, I don't care. I don't care if Sac is good. Or Zach is above average. We're going to win that game. One word. Revenge. Yeah. And this is something that I think, Riley, you can speak to. Um, I don't think I don't think we're going to lose any home games. You know, foreshadowing for a couple weeks down the ro- road. Um, part of the issue, or part of the reason I say that is um, the energy on campus is real. We've sold more season tickets, yeah. right? We Some know record. there's like yeah. fan engagement, but also I feel like as an institution, UM has rebounded a little bit. And I think admissions and like residence life, like campus rec, like all these like auxiliary sort of like entities have done a really good job like recruiting and creating like a, like an actual college experience i kind of think that the Walgreens is going to be freaking bananas this year so you know like nice yeah. that night game in november is going to be bonkers be and i think the student section is going to be old school rowdy uh i think we're gonna win that game what do you think i am fired up for that game for a lot of different reasons james mm-hmm. go ahead you go first I don't think we're winning. <laughs> I think I think they're doing the same thing they did last year to us or two years ago. When Chris Brown started, we win like thirteen games at home in a row, something like that. And then Riley is talking about how excited he is, and James yeah. just comes with a lead balloon. <laughs> Cold water, James throws it down. Oh That's why we want to start with the negative and rise up to the positive here. Okay. Yeah. Tell me this, James. How but they're going to do the same thing they did two years ago. The Grays are going to be kind of cocky because it's like they're kind of like home field advantage. 
this is probably going to be an easy game besides the Idaho. And then, like, Sac State will come out and do what they did, like, 21 in the first half while the Grizz get, like, a touchdown. Well, no one can accuse you of being a homer. Coach Houck is clipping that and using his bolts. And <laughs> okay. Now, this is one stat. Make a believer out of Chris Van Pod James. <laughs> they're going to – Sac State's going to shock Montana, and they're not going to really have – a lot of ways to respond. All right, I'm done with you right okay. now. Go ahead, Riley. Sacramento State has over 90% of their roster from the state of California. Is that what we No, it's way farther. It's my keyser. That like game is going to be the first weekend in November. It's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. The crowd is going to be rowdy because the first four home games – Call what it is. I don't think many outsiders are very excited about the slate, right? Butler, Ferris State, Idaho State, Northern Colorado. That's a game everyone has circled. Right. And I, <laughs> I think Washington Grizzly Stadium is going to be on a different level. That yeah, night. I think um, there's two games this year that could maybe break the attendance record. Ooh. MSU, UM, every year, every year yep. that's home. That's always could break it. Yep. And Sac State, Montana. I like that. I, it's gonna be a fun game. It's gonna be a really to. fun game. I, yeah. I just, you know, I look. I think of Cal Poly last year when that snow was flying. I mean, oh, the same God. exact weekend, yep. same exact. So I love this playing a California team at night in November. <laughs> in I think they should keep doing that. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sure that that's Bobby doing some trolling, but I'm all for just it. Just schedule them for the last two games of the year. Hey, Cal Poly, Sac State, right. or last two of the last three. There you go. All right, so Luke, you're a win. I'm a win. I'm, I'm a win. Win. Brent's a win. Revenge. James, James is the one. Okay. James is the only one. Okay. By four. Old wet blanket, James. 28, 24? No, 27, 23. Ooh. Oh. They okay. missed an extra point. Okay. All right. Now. Just stuff up now. What do we, we go to Portland State? Barney Ball. Yeah. All right. This, this is the trap game of trap games. Really? You were sandwiched between a, a reven- two revenge games. I do agree with that. A night yeah. game. MSU and uh, So you, you got a 6 p.m. night game, and then you got an 8 p.m. night game, and then you got the Cats coming town the next week, um, Portland State, Barney. And I was saying to someone, I think if the kid can stay healthy, their quarterback, Shashare, I think is like – he's still there, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Who knows he, Well, but rem- he impressed the hell out of me in Washington Grizzly last year, but then he had like – he got like – heat exhaustion and had to like drop out of the game i talked to his parents afterwards mm-hmm. um i don't know I, portland's gonna be portland they're gonna be five and six or six and five but they always like have a weird win and like that i look at that that game that game scares me quite a bit i think the grizz will win but i could also just see that being one of those big oh no meltdown yeah. fall apart games i have them Jeez. six i'm gonna say they're gonna win it i'm not they're, saying i'm not putting they're I'm winning not putting a loss. but it's but it's close but this is like one of these 31 28 games uh, that would a, be a par for the lot 30, of the portland state course over the over the history of them i mean like yeah you know they've kind of turned the corner the last couple of years but even the the I other mean, yeah, yeah and the other factor could be if portland state at that point has like two wins and they are checked out and don't care Fine, but if they're like, if they got five wins and beating us gives them a winning record is for the season, they're gonna play their hearts out. Is this an L for you? No, no. 
I could almost say yes, but can, can we, we just, can't lose two in a row. We're, we're going to go really quick at Portland <laughs> we, State, okay? Because okay. I, I think a big factor in this yeah. is how engaged they're going to be That's, they at could this be, point They could be season. cruise control okay. by that point. I say they have I predicted they have four wins. I don't even know their schedule. Season? Yeah. They play at Oregon. No, now. they go six and five. Okay. This year. Okay. Whoa. So what you got? Who at Oregon, play? at Wyoming. Lost, lost. Two lost. They played North American, the Stallions, whoever yeah, that is. Yeah, I had to when? look up that mm-hmm. for the colors. I, I knew that mascot. I'm just no. easy. <laughs> All of it. So there's a win. Everybody Cal Poly, right, at Montana State. Okay. L. Two and so three at NAU. Win, I think. You've got it as a win because you got NAU going 0 and 11. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, okay. no, they're they're two and nine. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, at NAU. Then they play at UC Davis. Oh no, NAU beat Portland State. Okay, so I mean, the other factor. I mean, it's the elephant yeah. in the room. Robbie Houck is on the coaching staff of Portland State. Barney's yeah. kids on our team. Yeah, yeah. Barney's who, kids on our. Team. Who was shocked to see that? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean. I, who knows? I I just don't. I don't think. I, it's a uh, weird feel. It's a weird game. Yeah. I, I'm. I cannot believe that's a night game. I mean, that is an absolute. I think of all I think the that's games Barney that trolling are night, Bobby that's back. Barney trolling Bobby because Bobby hates night games and he well, knows it. He and kn- Barney and, and, knows this. Yep. Bobby knows it. I mean, yep. yeah. And so, will Bobby hug his son before the game, or <laughs> will it be a firm handshake? <laughs> Can we, is there a bet on this? That would be fantastic. There's going to be a Who bets 20 bucks on the hug? <laughs> I got a big bear hug. That's the corner. Okay. Big okay. bear hug. Yeah. The bigger question is who will Bobby Houck's wife be cheering for? Oh. Mm. Robbie's mom. Stacy. I'm going to ask her that question, actually. Oh, That's a good Yeah. <laughs> Hat, is nah. she gonna wear one of those like half and half shirts? Like half oh yeah, and she, I no feel way. like she's gonna be all grizz, but you know, yeah. think well. I, th- I, th- I think it'll be like she really to. hopes the safeties play well for Portland State, but <laughs> the Grizz win. So I think that would be where that one lies. Can I say one team that we haven't talked about a lot because the Grizz don't play them? If it's I Eastern Washington, the answer is no. No, it's not okay, Eastern. Right, it's no, Weber. Weber. We'll get to them at the end of the schedule because yeah. I yep. want your thoughts yeah. on Weber. All right, so. Portland State. Now we come home. Cats. I just want to note. It's a win. For the spread for the it's spreadsheet. It's a win. That Brent has the Grizz undefeated oh at this point. Of course he does. It's, <laughs> it's Brent Kool-Aid Bomber. Of course he does. <laughs> for the record, I'm gonna say that too, because I'm never gonna pick against the Grizz. So I'm with you, Brent. I get it. You know. Like we always some people always say they're undefeated because they don't want to disrespect their team, but they know it's not going to happen. You didn't take that approach this year. I no, know. I'm right. speaking you losing like any Luke, are you a right? winner or a loss? Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I said it a couple weeks back in the schedule. We don't lose a home game this year. And oh yes, we do. We have one loss. We have one conference loss in my schedule. And that was the game that woke the team up and said, like, hey, we're fallible. Uh, we have to buckle down and concentrate. Mm-hmm. And that was Davis, right? And that was Davis. So we host the Cats. It has been humiliating of late. And I think of some of the, the leaders on the team. We always have good, strong Montana leaders. But our 37 this year is f- born and bred from Missoula. Right here? Um, it... It's it feels corny to say it means more to this person or that team, but uh, I think 
I think we're at home. It's our turn. Mm-hmm. Levi Janicaro, heart and soul of this team. Switch at MSU, they they win pretty much, but at U at UM we win. Exactly, that's James. That's what we've been doing. Exactly. Ever since. And, and, and so I'm going to chalk it up for James. a dub. First game you guys agreed on since uh, September. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Yay! Finally. So Brent's picking him to lose. Let's move on. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing on here, Brent? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pick him to lose. Um, <laughs> I just don't know. I Like, you talk about, like, what you need to see, and I just... We talk about some things with this Grizz team that we just don't know if they have it, and that we just... I need to see... <clears throat> how this defense can account for an offense like Montana State's. And I need to see how this new defensive personnel on the defensive line looks. And at this point, I just I can't talk myself into I don't just don't know. I I, I don't see a blowout, but I, I, I see a tight game. But at this point I if the cats are rolling, if they're healthy, if their two QBs are healthy, um I I'm picking that as a loss for Grizz. I, I mean, I, I, the things the Cats do well are they, they line up with the, one of my biggest areas of concern, which is D-line depth. I mean. we talk, Andrew Schmitz talked about this on the pod that, like, and it's a little different. It's not equivocal. Like, Ole Miss, for the longest time, like, built their team to beat Alabama. And sometimes mm-hmm. they did not sometimes they don't. But they always play them super tight. Yeah. And they, then they have all flaws in other spots. Teams. I feel like this Cat team, under the previous coaching staff, built themselves to beat us and they're potentially at the peak of what they have built to do that and so i think that's a hard hill to just overcome and we did it two years ago because they relied on a quarterback that was hurt and you know they were just in a bad spot and we got fired up i could totally see montana win this game if we're at that Mm -hmm. point and we're (laughs) we're 10 and 0 maybe damn it we should but um (laughs) i don't know right now i'm I'm picking a loss So three yeah. so see, I'm one. taking the I, James negativity. I l- I'm putting it on me. I looked at it. Um, I have the Cats coming into that game after their bye week four and one with the only loss in to Sac. You okay. You have Sac beating the Cats. Yeah. Are they in Sacramento? Yes. Yes. ESPN oh. two game. Riley, so about like midnight or something. something about ESPN what did two we miss in all that? What are what didn't we say? What are you thinking? I think that that. You can break down each game, right, as we all just did. And circumstances will clearly change it. But the broad scope of it is that the Grizz are going to be a heavy favorite in seven. There's four coin flip games. Of the seven games that you feel the Grizzlies should win, there are two games that I put a little asterisk by. It's Ferris State and it's Portland State for the reasons we talked about. So I think without picking every single game like that, there's four games that are going to define the Grizzlies' season. I have them split in them. And would you take nine and two? Yes. Right. And nine and two would probably get you a six, seven, or eight seed and get you a bye. And then who knows? Expectations for all these teams. If you go ten and one, though, it's a big difference. Because if you go ten and one, you're probably a top four seed. That yeah. means an extra home game. That means you might not have to leave Missoula on a path to Frisco. And I know we're getting way down the weeds. But the difference between ten and one and nine and two is massive, and the difference between nine and two and eight and three is even more massive. Oh yeah. And so I feel that those four games will define this team season. And keep your eye on Ferris State and Portland State. Last year, twelve. They played twelve games. They like took. No, we did eleven. 
Well, some, some two playoff teams. games, right? Oh, okay. oh no, yeah, like yeah, in yeah. regular season, some okay. play. The twelve some game teams was two years back. 12. Yeah, yeah, but because when I was looking at like the FCS brackets last year, because like I do that in the middle of March for some reason, I always look at the. So does Riley. Balls, yeah, yeah. I was say. <laughs> the <laughs> balls in FCS bracket. Delo. So there's. Oh wait. With there's one nine and three team from last year that I think they were way up there. They were like, think it may have been no, it wasn't. I don't know, but they were like they were a top ten team. Okay. And Delaware was eight and four, and they were the last team to get in. I think we were the last team to get in, weren't we? No. We didn't get a four to my bet. Fordham was oh, the team that yes. missed the playoffs. Yep. Fordham. No, that was Chattanooga. Cause, oh, that's right. Because it's like based off the points, and Delaware and Chattanooga had the same, but Delaware won one more game, so they got in. Tougher conference. Yeah, it's Ford, say, Fordham probably. plays in a really weak, weak conference. And Holy Cross is a team that I don't know if we're going to know anything about them until the playoffs. Everyone's picking them to be in the top five this year, top eight. Yeah. And they have one. I think they play at Boston College, and then after that, they're they will be a heavy favorite in all these. I know we're getting wow. way down there, but so all right, we picked the season <laughs> ten and one, yep. ten and one. That gets the Grizz in good playoffs, whatever. Um, who did you vote in your poll to win the conference? I've, gotcha. I vote. Yeah, I, right. I voted for Montana State. I mean, it's, here's here's the thing. There's as much as we want to hate that. There is no denying right now what they have done the last couple of years and what they have coming back on paper. For sure. Now, hey, on paper the Grizzlies were picked to win the conference last year. On paper, as of this moment, they are the favorite going into this. I think that anybody could make their case for two through six in the league, right? Anybody could say it could be Montana, it could be Idaho, which is the popular pick. It could be Sac State. I'm not high on Weber State, but people pick Weber State. And then the coaches have UC Davis second. So going into the year, to me, it feels eerily similar to last season. Oh. The Grizz are picked to win the league and have the toughest schedule. The Cats are now picked to win the league, and they've got the toughest, toughest schedule. schedule. Yeah. So let's see how they come out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was 10-3 and three Furman. They got Furman. a top-10 seed. And then there, were, there was 9-2 and two Florida AM at the 23rd seed. Okay. But Florida and M's it up. <coughs> yeah. Conference is d- yes. not Southeast as high a pedigree. Louisiana, 19. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, with the Cats, but I, I was talking to a couple guys at the GSA Scramble on Friday about this, but it was – it's an offense that's designed that you need two healthy quarterbacks. Um, and you never want to wish harm on anyone, and never ever, but it's just it's a system that – those kids take a beating. Like both Chambers and Malott missed games last year. Um, and tougher, way tougher schedule. Could be interesting, yeah, for them. But it's hard to not because they returned their entire offense, right? And they lost some guys on defense. They returned. But they kind I mean, of they returned the whole old line. They got yeah. both quarterbacks back. I mean, it. On paper, that's you know, right? Yeah. They play the game between the lines, but on paper, I their schedule though. At South Dakota State. Yeah. How do they come out of that game? Lost. At Sacramento State. Well, apparently James James is now too. Yeah. At us. Yeah. At Weber, I believe. At us. So let's talk about Weber because we don't play Weber. Yeah. 
Um, new coach there, Mickey Mental. Yes. Different philosophy. He's more of an offensive oh, guy, right? Totally. He was the OC, and he it was kind of. I will say it was a bit of a surprise hire, at least from the outside. I, I thought, you know, there were a couple internal Cooper yeah. State guys that maybe thought we were going to, but went to Mickey Mental. I'm, I mean, he knows that he's ran a program before, but at the same time, Jay Hill. Just what I said about Troy Taylor. Troy Taylor was a fantastic coach. Jay Hill, love him or hate him, fantastic head coach. Oh, yeah. He yeah, brought sure. Weber State to to national prominence. Yeah, you know consistency they yeah. never had. And and they still have great interior linemen. I just they always do. They do. And, and I you know maybe the offensive philosophy of a head coach is going to help them. But I just of the teams in the top six. I think they have the most question marks. Let's well, just say that from a so here's a fast hitter of their schedule: mm-hmm. Central Washington, win. Northern at Northern Iowa, loss. At Utah, loss. Versus Cats, interesting. At, interesting at, game, yeah. by the way. At, week four at Northern Colorado, win. but I mean like if versus NAU. Same thing with them though. It's like if they lose that Cats game, they're playing for their playoff lives the rest of the yeah. season. And they go Davis, Eastern oh. Idaho State. Idaho, Idaho, Cal Poly. Well, they could be very easily five schedule. and three. Though. That's a tough yeah. schedule. What's yeah. interesting about them, though, their toughest three conference games are all at home. They are, aren't they? Cats at home, Davis but, at home, Idaho at home. So right? James has us at five and three in conference. I mean, we could be. What have you done to this kid, by the way? I don't know. I mean, isn't it weird Mike? how pessimistic he's turned well, this year? He's such. Yeah, he's got all these happy sport experiences, and yeah. then he just. He, he, just he stepped in to heat himself some pizza, so it's like <laughs> it's ten fifteen, but it's one of the last nights of summer, so I guess he's just all out. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a good question. Um, other other team that's kind of a perennial, you know, power, Eastern Washington. I am just going to say it: the crash is coming. And I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> They do not have a favorable schedule either, I don't think. No. Do they? My only question is, without revealing how I tru- truthfully feel about them, how are they going to fix that defense well, in one year? Yes. And they just lost their defensive coordinator. Not the, That seemed weird to me. I think we joked about this in the last pod. He's going to North, North, uh, Northwestern. Right? They hired him away. Not to be the defensive coordinator. Yeah. Position they, they start with NDSU. NDSU. How many rushing yards will they give up in that game? I mean, like, look what's at the over/under, Lou? Three hundred. Well, there's oh, over. Four. There's gonna be fifteen less plays, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we to go. Their, I got you. Okay. To I'm their going. to their benefit. Uh, so here's Eastern at NDSU, at Fresno. Oh, what are we doing? They now? host Southeastern Louisiana. Now, South, Sela's stud quarterback's gone, right? Still top fifteen team. Still yeah. top fifteen at Davis versus Idaho. I mean, they can be zero five. Yeah. They could be two and three, maybe as well. Gets a little easier, kind of after that. Idaho State, Weber State, Portland State, Cal Poly. Yeah, James, why don't you Montana State, uh, NAU. tell us what you think Eastern Washington's doing in the first five games? What's their? Do you have their record? Three and eight. Oh, oh, oh. Do you have them winning any of their first five games? First five. Must not. First five. Can't imagine it. He's got him beaten. Because no, you're three, you've got probably Idaho State, Portland State, Cal Poly. 0 and 5. You probably got Idaho State, Portland State, Cal Poly. Yeah, Idaho State, Portland State, Cal Poly. Portland State's a road game. Yeah. So the wheels are coming yeah. off. How do you right the ship at 0 and 5? 
We'll see. Yeah, we'll it's see. also a really. It's going to be prove it time for Aaron Bast. He yeah. inherited a whole lot of goodness, and can he keep those? Can he keep that Cadillac on the road? Yeah, it's a tough time to have a program skidding out too, because with all the especially there, yeah, especially there, especially I think with conference realignment stuff, well, right? Like if you end up, no, that's a great point, Luke. Because with all this stuff jumping around, like the. There are some programs in the Big Sky that are quality play schools that could be eligible, right? Yep. Eastern is yep. not one of them. They're no longer going to be on anyone's list. Right. Well, I mean, they may have been on people's football list. They would have never been on people's institution lists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I think I think you're right. I think the decline is coming if it's not already here. Top six, bottom six. It's the haves and the have-nots yeah, in the I big sky you. this year. Yep, absolutely. Oh, man. Wow. Dude, you're just going to, like, <laughs> drink a beer and you're just coming out here with some pizza just for you? Yeah, five pieces of pizza. The dog Dude. wants at least two pieces of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Now he won't leave me. Uh, all right. What do we want? Do we want to, like, pick the week still, or do we want to uh, – because we got a lot of weird games. I don't know. What do you mean? Uh, around the conference. The big sky? Um, oh, I don't so care about that too much unless you want Wait till we get to conference play and pick stuff. That'd be I, fun. Conference I don't think, like, I was, well, so we don't need to pick it, but so, I think, like, interestingly, looking around, I, I don't even know if there's really any games. Northern Colorado playing Abilene Christian. Uh, How many people Eastern Washington playing stuff. NDSU. San Diego, Cal Poly. Cal Poly, San NAU, Diego. Arizona. Idaho State, San Diego State. I mean, there's, there's really not that previously Eastern NDSU would have been that big marquee game, but Eastern's on um, seemingly the wrong, on a bad slot. So I don't know if that's going to be that entertaining who, of a game. Who was the team that Northern Colorado beat a couple of years ago where their fans were like, this is the corners men turned like this the is Houston a, Baptist. A, yes. It was yeah. something like that. Like this is a huge win. Like, yeah, I think Houston their first win in like four years or something. Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't. Year. I don't see like there's some like wild, crazy upset or marquee game in the Big Sky. Mm-mm. I mean, if Eastern beats NDSU, that'd be. But I don't see it happening. <laughs> I think. You know. If Eastern beats NDSU, then we got to change all our projections. Portland, I know. St- Portland State over Oregon, anybody? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why not? Let's do it. Does anything? Does anyone know Texas A and M? University Commerce. <laughs> what does that I need mean? To continue that. <laughs> um, I know they're in the Southland with Incarnate Word uh, and yeah. I just know that, I just know that they have a good basketball team. They well, make, they make it to the March Madness. Their football team plays UC Davis, so that it's another FCS opponent. I do believe they were. Th- they just moved up from D2, and they actually oh, I were, respect- they were still D2. No, okay. they were respectable a little bit last year. I want to say six and five, seven. They, they okay. won a game they weren't supposed to. They, they beat, I want to say, Incarnate Word or Sela. Uh-uh. Well, maybe that's the, the game it to circle. Interesting. It feels like week one in the big sky should be predictable. Texas A&M Commerce went five and six last year. Mm, okay. Um... They beat Southeastern Louisiana on the road, 31-28. Good Dang. memory. So there you yeah. go. There you go. That's why they paid the big bucks. Yeah, I was just <laughs> going to say. Pulled that off the top <laughs> of the dome. <laughs> I knew it was in there somewhere. I just, you know, <laughs> you know. 
All right. Um, we've talked about Grizz and the pro. Yeah. We've talked about the offensive coaching chain. We've talked about the defensive coaching chain. Talked about camp. Talked about the D line. Talked about the QB competition. Um, o line. Talked a little bit about the secondary. <laughs> Familiar names, elevated roles. I mean, you've got Trey John Cotton, you got Nash Fouch, you got Gary Graves. How do you make up for the loss of Trevin Robbie Howe? Yeah. Tre- and you've got Trevin Gradney stepping Justin in for Justin Ford. Ford. I mean, that that's a big time move. Now, Trevin Gradney's a great player. And also, I mean, Corbin Walker, I think, is the least talked about mainstay that the Grizz have had at corner. Everyone's really high on him. I'm excited to see maybe a couple of newcomers. You got a transfer from UCLA and Jelani Warren, and you got a transfer from Washington State and Lamar Campbell. And you also have a transfer from Akron and Ronald Jackson. Yeah. So those are three new names that might enter the fold. So I think the pieces are there, just a matter of who's going to rise up. And that's why, in a way, I like the non conference schedule. You'll still see. Gives you that chance. Yeah. Yeah. I think there'll be a lot of competition going on in secondary. I I think, just rightfully so, should be one of the question marks coming into it. But. Are there any true freshmen that might play? I think, I mean, there's two in my opinion. Brent? Iverson. Iverson Young at yeah. running back, highest rated recruit in Grizzly history. Oh. Then a guy that we uh, we stole from Eastern Washington a little bit out of their backyard, one of those old linemen, Lucas Freitas. Uh, he is... Boy, that says something if you think an old lineman could play as a freshman. the real deal. I mean, I, I think that you're definitely going to see him utilize a couple games. So is he one of those 8, 9, 10 guys? I would could say be. so, James. I, I do. I think that he would crack the two deep. Now, I don't know if that means he's going to burn his red shirt or not, but he he does not look like a freshman, and he doesn't play like one either. So yeah, I would say yeah. if, if you're you know, true freshman this day and age, don't play that much. They really don't. I would say if there is two, though, those have been the two that have impressed me. Okay. So yeah. kind of along those lines then, who are your breakout stars from camp? I mean, we mentioned him a little bit, Riley Wilson. I, Riley Wilson is going to be a household name, I think, by the end of September. No question, the, at linebacker for the Grizz. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Yeah, I, I think Sawyer Rocanelli, who we talked about, I think he's a breakout star. Watch out at the tight end position. There's a couple guys that I'm excited about. I don't know who's going to win that battle. I don't even think the coaches know who's going to win that battle. You might see two, three, four guys, but Micah Ashton and Jake Olson. Jake Olson, 6'7", kid from Butte High School. Um, this might be his time to emerge. Man, you're three for three. So I was going to say, Brent is three for three, three and three. tossing his cans into the three. container. Three. Over there. <laughs> <Cross> <laughs> the patio. Um, I think you keep hearing the crash. And how about Hayden Harris? That's another name. Defensive mm. end. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about that position a lot. Yeah. To transfer from UCLA. Anybody on the D-line that you think is a breakout star, I'm here for. So yeah. That guy can move some people. Yeah. So I, I feel like you're gonna have a few names that were kinda like like fans like us would know, like like Gilman at running back mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Edwards on the D line that were like guys we kinda knew about, but maybe the casual fan might not know too much. Is gonna become a much more known name this year. I'll go a little deeper. Tyler Flink at linebacker. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. Uh, he's had a really good fall camp. Mm-hmm. Love seeing that. Local kid, too. So, and Bruce taking out the empties. I told James that he couldn't chew into the microphone. So, <laughs> sorry. I have if to tell Sunberg that in the third the quarter. <laughs> they put pizza up in the press box, and Sunberg's <laughs> munching on it the third quarter of our radio broadcast. I'm like, Greg, not in the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Um, anybody else from you? Um, well, I'm going to be interested to see who kicks field goals on Saturday. It's Adam Botkin. Adam Botkin. TikTok star. I don't think he's on the team anymore. He's not. Who's the, who's the freshman? <laughs> but without it's even knowing that there was a connection there, the guy who wore Adam Botkin's jersey yeah. last year is one of my breakout stars. Grant Glasgow. Is this the freshman? Kicker. Transfer from Kansas. Transfer. The ball's different coming off his foot. Now, I'm not a kicking expert, yeah. but uh, I think he'll be in the fold, and it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up winning the battle. You might see, seriously, two or three kickers to start. I mean, I think that it could be a, hey, you can kick it well in practice, but it's kind of different when the lights turn on. You yeah. might see two or three guys, and that might frustrate fans. You might see two or three guys kick extra points and field goals and then on conference until they settle on a guy. But yeah. Grant Glasgow, the freshman transfer from Kansas, impressed me. All right. I see he he's from Lawrence, Kansas. I'm suspicious of any athlete coming from Lawrence, Kansas that doesn't play basketball. What the hell? What are you doing, dude? Oh, <laughs> You're great. a kicker? Not everybody can play basketball for the Jayhawks. But you think he would have been cultivated into a hooper. <laughs> Maybe he plays both, but Travis DeCure doesn't that's, want to talk about it yet. Oh, that's oh, oh, I just threw you a curveball. Oh, I could never hit the curve. Uh. <laughs> oh. All right. Um, so we'll get to listener questions in a second, unless yeah. there's anything else we need to talk about. I do have one thing. The only other thing I would add is I think we have a little bit of a youth movement at the safety position with some of these guys like Roush and Lee and Lang that I don't think are going to be guys that hopefully we don't see a ton in the backfield, not because they're bad, just because they are uh, moving into that realm, but I think these are going to be guys that are going to be... Boy, the dog has really uh, been a yeah, part of this podcast. Dog, yeah. uh, are going to be like the uh, Trevin Gradneys on special teams, and I think I, I really have been impressed with the way the young safeties have pushed the believed-to-be starters, and uh, I think there's some budding talent in safety that people don't really talk about because we've seen a lot of the same guys, like especially Fouch, uh, Nash, and Garrett, for years and years and years. So, yeah. yeah. Good point. Well, I mean, that's the way good college football program works, right? Yeah. Okay. Before we get to the listener questions, you can start pulling them up. I do need to oh. address something. We got we got tweeted at by one of our listeners. Oh. Um, uh, <laughs> who, I saw, I saw you know, this. Who's been somewhat helpful to me lately, so we can't be pissing him off. Oh, boy. Um, okay. And I'm going to put the buck straight on you. On me? Brent. Uh, Jim Messina is very upset that you invited a bobcat onto our last episode. <laughs> Thanks for saying this, Jim. I, I had similar <laughs> feelings. <laughs> I didn't know until showtime. I thought you were about to go to a new segment. Oh, Thank man. you for bringing that up, Jim. That's today. today. And then the I picked the cats film. to beat us on this. I'm, I'm kind of just, Jim is just going to roast me again. So I'm just saying. Okay. That you, we just got to be careful. Okay. Okay. And somehow you even got yourself in trouble in the like ranking of Bobcat podcasters that we know too. So. What? Isn't is, uh, Par- is Parlay was pretty upset? Yeah, that you didn't invite him on. I had a well, he, well, I didn't. I didn't invite Thorny on. Thorny re- sent us a message and said, "I'm in town." You said yes. <laughs> it's fine. All right. Do you have the questions up? No, I do. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Which, by the way, between pods, I had a uh, a wonderful uh, time around in Chicago with Parlay, 
and uh, got to see him sing karaoke. Did I send that to you guys? I didn't get that, but <laughs> you don't have to send no, it to me. I can only imagine. It was impressive. It, we, we've been over this on the last pod that Parlay and I grew up like a couple yeah. streets down from each That's other. That's right. Yeah. You didn't think I knew that was him, and I absolutely know exactly who it is. So. <laughs> it's got a very distinctive voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, had a had a great time in Chicago. I uh, the uh, yeah the alarm for the early flight came real early. Uh, it was a fun night. You went to bed. I did. It's like two a.m. Responsible. When'd you fly out? <laughs> I was flying out of Chicago. My flight out was eight thirty, but it was out of O'Hare, so I didn't know like how much time I needed to give myself. So I got there so at like. So when did you wake up? Six. I went to bed at two. You come all day. Boy, wait a yeah. Wait wait. You set a good example for my ten-year-old son, Britt. Well, I had. Isn't that pe- what he's doing tonight? <laughs> I had pounded pizza. Just gonna say, <laughs> I'm just making all these pizza bank shots. Yeah. Doesn't he have to get up and mow the lawn at six thirty? It would be nice if he would. It would be nice. James, I had a bag to pack and I had some emails to send. Yeah. <laughs> um, Luke, Luke is advocating for you to do work. <laughs> I had to get up at 4 a.m. to fly to Denver. Oh, Denver yeah, Tuesday. yeah. It's true. It was early. So you, did, you didn't have pre-check then, huh? Um, <laughs> no pre-check. I appreciate that. James, that the ten-year-old, um, just suggested that you might have been under the influence. Are you kidding me, James? Oh my goodness! <laughs> All right, moving uh, on I'm before we get in too much trouble. Uh, okay, so I am rapidly rolling through comments here because I'm trying to filter out ones that we've kind of already touched on, right? So people are saying like, "What are your expectations for the season? Uh, How's this team prepared for the season?" I think we've kind of touched. I'm on I'm glad that, that people right? suggested we talk about those things on the preseason yes. podcast because they Riley don't think you guys are going <laughs> to get to that. Because okay, well. we might spend time talking about Brent's trip to Chicago. Right, yeah. Beware the dates. It is. The answer is yes. yes. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, uh, beware the D is asking, what's the ceiling for this team? How far does he think we can make it in the playoffs? Same. Same, maybe 100 farther. I, I don't think we're making it. I mean, I I, I – I could see us being the round of sixteen, round of eight. Yeah. Further than that, eight. they gotta they gotta prove something this year. Yeah. yeah. Further than that means pretty much if you get to the semifinals, your fans now expect you to win the championship. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think the Grizz fans expect them to win the championship anyway. Yeah, quite a bit. What do you guys think, Dad? I mean I don't know you don't want to pick records or anything, but I, what do you I would say this just to counter your statement there. The four games we've talked about in the regular season, if they go three and one in those, would that prove to you that they can win those types of games? I mean, that would go a long way. Okay. Especially well, then that out. means that they could maybe go all the way. If they can go three and one that's, in that four-game slate. That's the thing. Nine I'm and two, saying, ten and one, eleven and oh. You're playing two playoff games in Washington Grizzly Stadium. Yes. Which and would be you're huge. Down to the we haven't done that in a while. Long-ass time. I mean, we've either had the bye and had one game and then been on the road or – Open the you know open the playoffs the, and yeah, then the, the road. yeah and then you have to go Here's play at JMU or at Weber and that's mm-hmm. been tough you and get two home games it's different here's yeah. here's the thing that makes me want to pump the brakes a little bit on on a like a final four appearance let's say yeah is redshirt sophomore quarterback also you're probably gonna run into one of the states either North Dakota or South Dakota. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You, you certainly. So um, redshirt QB. Redshirt QB. We're pretty deep at running back, but potentially our best one is a redshirt freshman. 
Uh, no one knows any of our tight ends. And we don't have any senior wide receivers. And if you can name me anyone besides Alec Gu- Alex Gubner on our D-line. Can I answer that one? <laughs> okay. You can. But, like, but like you know, like the, the common fan isn't going to know anyone but Alex Gubner. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm just seeing a l- some holes that makes me think that. And you can say, um, and we have a new OC, and we have a new DC, and we have effectively save. No, all different position coaches on the full defensive side of the yeah. ball. And I, I just think there's there can be a difference between that like championship crust of NDSU caliber teams, you know, and I think we're right in for sure we're right in that that, that layer below can we be in that upper crust a hundred percent we can but i gotta see it first with you yeah no that's totally a fair, fair. Yeah. i mean I, I the class of ndsu and stsu they're in tier one right and i think yeah. there's tier two and whether you think there's a couple teams in that whether you think there's six or seven teams in that i think that's a fair statement right. i would personally put montana in tier two i know people maybe outside of missoula won't they probably need to prove it but the tier one is NDSU and STSU. Yeah. They prove it. Right? If you keep your lens super narrow, it's it's gross to say it, but it's also Montana State. Yeah, yeah. I, that's why they're tired. I think them. I think we're tier two for sure. But that you know, like Mike said, round of sixteen, round of eight. Yeah. Like definitely a hundred percent for sure. If we make it top four, overachieving. You know, if we don't make the playoffs underachieving, we're, we're sad. I'll play moderator. I won't answer this question, but I'm asking yeah. to the three of you. Yeah. What are expectations from the fan base? Like, what would be acceptable now? Because I feel like, you know, sometimes it's never good enough. Nine and two or eight and three make uh, it to 16 or eight. And you'd be happy with that season? Yeah. Okay. okay. It's a pretty good season. I think Grizz fans have some weird, sometimes, detachment on certain things because – there's been spinoff conversations about, and beware the D also asked this about uh, uh, potential or you know uh, maybe future foreseeings of who our head coach is or could be or whatever. And um, there's this, there's always a differentiation of a successful season and the cat game. So like for me, it's like you go ten and one and you lose to MSU. There's going to be people. There's, I mean, there's a guy in my office. I talked about this all the time, and he's like, "If you go ten and one, lose the cats. I want the house cleaned. I don't care. It's an unsuccessful season." Um, so I think like a lot of us that are like a little bit more in depth on it, we approach it. I don't know. I feel like we approach it from like a playoff perspective. If your regular season is good enough to position you to do better in the playoffs than we've done the last few years, I view that as a successful turn. Um, but there'll be other people where it's like you go ten and one, and I don't care if you get the semifinals. Um, if you don't beat MSU, like this season was yeah. a failure. That's so, that's not where I'm at. We so could yeah. lose to the Cats and have a profoundly successful I, season that beat my expectations. Look at the Cats. A couple I was years just gonna ago. say, yeah, lost, lost the Grizz and went to the national well, championship. Damn national title. I yeah. mean, they kind of <laughs> answer the question that we yeah. always get: and is Sam would you Houston. would you rather lose to your rival and go win a national championship? I mean, I think we've kind of gotten that answer. Yeah. Like, all, you you ask any Cat fan that year, and I think Cat fans put more emphasis on beating the Grizz than even the Grizz do beating the Cats in ranks of importance. And there was no doubt that getting that national oh, yeah. championship erased any, you know, harm of that loss. 
Uh, Beware the D also asked us, uh, based upon the conversation we had about hot dog eating in the last uh, pod. Hold on. Beware the D is asking about a hot dog eating. We're at least an hour to yeah, we're, we're two hours in, I think. No. We came watching people eat food fast. Um, <laughs> would you try to eat 10 or more hot dogs in 10 minutes? If it guaranteed transfer of either Tommy Millot or Sean Chambers to the Grizz yep. this season. <laughs> sure. And I could probably do it. Wait, is it with bun or without bun? Uh, it's got to be with bun in the hot dog eating contest. You, you can dunk it in water like Joey <laughs> yeah. Chestnut does if you want. But that guy, he's Joey Chestnut. He eats like 20 hot dogs a minute. Um, gross. <laughs> empty, <laughs> empty Grizz rules. Ask us about practices. We've talked on practices. High school with a girl. Uh, he's talked about uh, <laughs> staff impacts. Um, he's wondering if, uh, uh, other than Junior Bergen, who do we expect as kick and punt returners? I know in camp and stuff, there's some things, and I think there's kind of like a little bit of a. Oh, oh, James. Okay. A little bit of a casualty there, but you made the <laughs> shot. Like, we don't want to talk about, like, depth or, like, injuries too much when we get into stuff like this, but I think it has been interesting on the returner front because it seems like they've, what I've noticed is they've tested a lot of guys. I was going to say, I mean, like, to me, um, but camp- I, Junior Bergen is our guy. Yeah. So, I mean, outside of him, I I saw a bunch of guys, but I didn't see anyone where I'm like, that, that dude can really do this. I think we saw Killian White last year return some punts and some kicks before – uh, his injury, he could be a guy that we'd look at, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think we've got one real special guy in the junior, and hopefully we got him the whole year. Yeah. All I know is I'm not really worried about special teams. All right. Yeah. Evergrizz, James, which superhero would you like to be and why? What? Which superhero would you like to be and why? I do you want to think about it for a minute? Me about mascots or something. Yeah, what mascot would you be? Batman, Iron Man, Superman. No. We're talking about Superman. Captain America. Captain America. Aquaman. All right, he doesn't want to pick a superhero. I don't watch Monty. superheroes. James, if you could be, who do you think would be the most powerful college mascot in like a, a, a mascot Ooh. brawl? Mm. Maybe Wake Forest. Oh. Maybe Wake Forest. I remember there was one max mascot that was like it just stuck out from the rest, but I can't remember. Does Colorado have a live bear? A buffalo. A buffalo. A buffalo. Ralphie. Excuse me. Ralphie. Ralphie. Buffalo. See if we had a live grizzly bear, we'd, we'd win. Yeah. Um, Everett also says, Riley, congrats on the wedding. Thank you. Just wondering if you play less golf now. <laughs> Mikkel's been really good. I've actually played a lot of golf, <laughs> but she also knows. Once football season starts, I don't play golf, so it's pretty much over. So ask me that question this time next year. This Everett. time next year. All right, that's a good point. <laughs> He'll write it down. Uh, okay, and then he also asks if we had to pick, if we had our choice for next year's home opener, who would we want to bring in? I think we already have one booked, don't we? Um, we absolutely have a booked. I mean, that we're scheduled for down like eight years. Um, honestly. The home opener is kind of tough. Like I want to, I would love to play NDSU and SDSU in the Missouri State pre-conference games, but I'd love to not play them in week one. So week one to me is like South Dakota. 
I, I would love to play Northern Iowa just because I hate them so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was 2018, right? Bobby yeah. came back. That was huge. That was a good game. We play Missouri State. Actually, our out-of-conference schedule next year I really like. Oh. Versus Missouri State at North Dakota Western, versus Moorhead State. Western Carolina. And Western Carolina. That's right. That's the 12 game. It's the 12 game next year. Oh. I think, yeah, middle-tier Missouri Valley School would be perfect. That's a, that's a good test. South Dakota. Yeah. I mean, South Dakota uh, was game State two last day. year. Missouri yeah. State's game one. I mean, we open with two Missouri Valley schools next year. I think a a good test of a middle-tier. You know what I'd like to say? I, I'm going to go, how about Delaware? That'd, that'd be, a, good, that'd be oh, another good yeah. way to go. Branch out and yeah. get someone yeah. from the CAA. That'd be a okay? great. That would be that'd be awesome. fun. That'd be fun. Home so, and home yeah. with Delaware. Yep. Okay. I'm gonna go with Delaware. All uh, right. I think oh. the scheduler lives a couple blocks down the street. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna go knock on his door. Let him right know. Let's go let him It's 10:45. Let's get him. Over under on punt returns. Junior has for touchdowns this year. He says 1.5. Three over under. Oh, over. I'm taking. I'm picking three this year. Over. Sure hope so. Another good opener. Like. Over over one point five. I'm trying to think if he could do. Bobby's just so good at coaching that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like he almost got one broke for for Robbie last year. Robbie took a field goal attempt to the house. Granted, that was a little different, right? But yeah, yeah. I I could see three. I could Mm -hmm. four. Sounds like a lot. Like a lot. A lot. Yeah, that would be probably another good opener. Would be like what we did, like. 2014 or 13. I just remember like rewatching the game when I was seven, but like beating Carson Wentz. That was pretty and, cool. And that was North fun. Dakota State in like week one. I'd like that. Man, what year was that? The Joey Count smoking it was, game. Because it was, it was Bob Stitt's first game. game. Yeah. yeah. You are looking live, Brent Musburger. Yeah. yeah. Gives me chills every you time could, I watch it. Couldn't see a damn thing. It was nope. smoky out here. Nope. Uh, okay, so Paul Rouge asked us if we've been following the volleyball team. Talked about that a bit. Yes. Um, let's see. Talks about Lady Grizz soccer. We talked about that just a little bit right before we came in. I think the takeaway to those two things are go watch the volleyball and soccer teams because it's They're actually good. it's a fun time to be following those teams at the university. <laughs> so Riley has got a question for you. Why are the students outside uh, outside the Lady Grizz soccer stadium watching over the fence? Honest question, just a choice, or could they not get in? <laughs> I oh, think there's a third option. How do I want to carefully answer this? Does question? your does your student ID get you in? Student ID Brent, gets you in, and there was Brent. Think think harder, oh, yeah. or easier. Think harder, yeah. not smarter. Let's just. I, I do know that our, our wonderful Greek community were the ones that were outside the stadium as a Greek alumni of the University yes, of Montana, and there was a lot of counting going on as far as how long. They could maybe <laughs> be upside down with their feet there. I actually saw a couple of feet above the fence in the air. So connect the dots on that one. I think that they uh, they willfully chose that, but at the same time, it was uh, it was cool because they were starting the Montana Grizzlies chant, and they said Montana, and then Stadium. the nineteen hundred were oh, in God, there. The same yeah. Grizzlies. It was it was cool. So they could get in if they wanted, but they chose not to because they had other. That they made things they wanted to do. That Grizz spirit can't be held bu- held back by chain link. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also pointed out that we're just lucky to have an actual soccer field that isn't a football practice field. Agreed. It is beautiful. Yeah. And walking down cross. there on it. Well, they just did the turf like two years ago, didn't they? Yes. They, re- they, re-did they, did, they didn't play there for a whole year so they could regrow it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Uh, okay. Over to X. Uh, Adam Clinch asked, what team does – from the past, does this team remind you of? 
I'm having a hard time with this. You know what team it kind of reminds me of? Is the Flugrad 2011 team. Yeah. Where you didn't quite know what to expect. It came off a year that was kind of weird. Disappointing. The First time we missed the playoffs. Oh, yeah, nice. and they kind of, and then oh. by the by the end, they found their stride and they went a long way. And you know, um, so it's, you know, just talking about football and stuff. Yeah, two thousand eleven. I really like that. I that's don't know great. how you yeah. top that. That's yeah. yeah it's, it's a good question. Okay. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, David Coy says he's getting ready to draft in fantasy football league tonight, so probably a little too late on the advice. Um, who are you taking in a Big Sky Fantasy League? I wonder if he's talking about Big specific Sky? players. Yeah. Big Sky? And of course, we should who, probably... Who's well, pick, I don't know who's pick one? Uh, what about if it's an FCS league? But like, who, FCS? Like, the, I feel like you'd have to take one of the top school, like NDSU or SDSU. Well, well it depends on your type of league. Well, like, I'm going to take Idaho's McCoy kid if it's a PPR, because he's going to be running all over the I place. Know, but... but Chambers with so many rushing touchdowns and the occasional oh, passing yeah. threat. I yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Hayden Hatton in a PPR. Mm-hmm. Oof, Marshall money. Martin from Sac State tied in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We got some guys okay. out there. Uh, okay. Curtis Wallace, I think we're kind of talking about, uh, yeah, just three out-of-conference games. What, what do we, like, what kind of scores do we need to keep people from freaking out? James says six points, apparently. Um <laughs> Uh, what score margin differential do we need to keep the Chris Nation happy in the out of conference games? Oh, God. Yeah, it's, see. It's well, you said six not, points on Ferris. Uh, ben Wyman. Yeah, it's going to be sick. It's going to be close. <laughs> ben Wyman be says, What is the best hole at the Rock Creek Cattle Company? And how many strokes should Riley give Sean and Ben when they're playing match play? <laughs> this is, there's a hidden message with this for Ben. Uh, it's not very hidden. Well, well <laughs> no, because. We got to play Rock Creek on Monday. Yeah, I it played was, it. I played it yesterday. Did you? Yeah, awesome. It's amazing. Sean, Ben, myself. <laughs> I, like, I thought this shit was exclusive. <laughs> you schlubs are playing. The answer for I love I mean, this finish on seventeen and eighteen is just incredible. It's amazing. It's so cool. I, I the low key though, fourteen is when you're at the top. Is that the hour last down. one? Yes. Yeah, yep. And it's after the back-to-back par threes, you start going down. So yep. Yep. 17, 18, 14, honorable mention. Now, Sean and Ben took on myself and Colton, and we were having a little bit of a quibble, or we could use one of your dollar words that you got there, Luke, about <laughs> um, how many strokes that, that we should give them. And it turned out that we ended up giving them five. That sounds like a lot. We beat them by four. So I think that would be fair, correct? And yeah. We, and we won. So, you know what? I think the answer probably should be zero, Ben, because you were bragging about your game, and you should have just played straight up, but we still gave you a couple <laughs> strokes, and we won. So, anyway, no, that, we had a great time. It was fun. I mean, don't, don't television right. anchors get to golf every day? They, just, they don't, yeah. I mean, in the morning. Yeah. Go golf in the morning. Go golf in the morning. Go go, yeah. Come on. He knows that. <laughs> Uh, Johnny Claxton says he can't help but be terrified of wearing black jerseys. The last time they wore ah. dark jerseys at night <clears throat> makes him nervous. You're not superstitious, are you? Just Technically, kidding. the last time we wore dark jerseys at night, they were granite. 
They Those were actually pretty cool jerseys. I, they were super cool jerseys. Just to give you a big tease, the what? jerseys are pretty sweet. I, they're, I, not, they're not black and orange like the 2010. No pumpkins. Game. No pumpkins. Not orange. Good. Jekyll and They're great. You're going to love them. Huh? And also, fireworks show after that Ferris State game. Oh, yeah. I would Wait, be cool black, that. black jerseys? Mm-hmm. Are they like black maroon <clears throat> numbers? We'll have to wait and You're see. Have to wait and find out. I'll James. bet there's James. I'll bet you there's going to be a big jersey reveal. Brent would. Be if correct. Grizz Social was listening to the GFP right now, or last year when you they called them out, do <laughs> <laughs> check mark for another time. Uh, Added to the archives. Brent's tweets made people mad. Uh, okay, Eric Witt said if you could renovate the seating at the stadium, uh, where would you add upgrades? Easy answer for me. The press box. The press box. <laughs> God, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you added better seats, you're going to lose capacity. Your so guys' take would be more interesting. I don't know. I, if I was doing anything in the stadium, it would be infrastructure, better bathrooms, better concessions, press box for Riley. That's where I'd start. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I think a beer garden with, like, televisions that you could, you know, like... Put it See, above the well, We want you to come back to into the game. Though. Well, yeah, the, but the... Um, where the beer garden is, you don't technically leave. You know what I mean? Like, like the like the Husky Stadium has that, right? Like when I if I, if I want to go get a beer, right. I can't catch any of the action while I'm in line. Yeah, good point. That's how it is. Okay, but bathrooms are important. I mean, there's a part of me that that wouldn't mind losing the bench seats and going to like individual. But yeah, you would lose seating capacity in the stadium probably. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. substantially. Maybe on the west and east. I don't know. Vloggers is pretty awesome. I like the way it is, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Ask if we are for or against blackout uniforms. Um, for it. I love it. I'm excited for that game. I think yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Shay Rosberg was just asking what we think about talent at wide receiver and running back. I think we kind of touched on that. Do we pass to open the run game, or do we stick to running to open the pass? He thinks we need to air the ball out more. I think if you, me personally, I think if you look at where the talent is on the team, I think you run this damn ball. All Why day can't long. you do both? Yeah, but different games, yeah. different game plans. But I, I mean, the strength of this team is running back depth and O line, right? Why I mean, do we have so many good running backs? Because Justin Green's awesome. <laughs> yeah. there's, there are some positions we seem to recruit better than others. Yeah. Silvertip Nation wonders where Ferris State would finish in the Big Sky Conference. Oh, they they. Seven. They, they wouldn't be last. Seventh. No question. Seven. Agreed. Yeah. They would be seven. They are not better than any of the top I'd say six. They go like four and eight, maybe. Maybe seven or eight. Yeah. We'll yeah. give your NAU lumberjacks, Luke, a little. Uh, thanks. Like thanks. Seventh and Ferris State eight. Don't sleep on those lumberjacks. Server <laughs> <laughs> tip also wonders uh, favorite Madden game and favorite team or player to control. Uh, Michael Vick, Madden 20, 2009. Seven. All right. Was um, it seven? James and I downloaded Madden 24 yesterday. He, he, I know. It's, and it's going to be either Brock I, Purdy or George Kittle. Uh, Brock Purdy hit George Kittle for a two-point conversion okay, with just, 15 seconds can... left to win the game. You lost your dad in Madden. He did. Yeah. That's embarrassing, Wait, who did son. you play as? Dolphins. You played as the Dolphins? Oh. And Tyreek Hill I, I had like 280 <laughs> receiving yards. Yeah, there was this one play. Dolphins option. Tyreek Hill <laughs> runs like fake Fake slant. 
I figured out how to guard it in the second half. Yeah, <laughs> no, got you there. didn't. I got started. <laughs> <laughs> I ran it like. Just putting up that W. Yeah, I've got the W. <laughs> Did you have to hesitate going for two? Hey. Oh, no. I was going for two. <laughs> I didn't. I don't care. You burned your time like about it. No. <laughs> I do not care that he won. I recovered an onside kick. He did. It was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And, man, that's, that's I know. impossible. And okay. I had the hands team out. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah, I know what to do, and I'm not telling if, you. If you ever played Madden with peak Jerome Bettis, it was like a cheat code. I, uh, you guys know I'm a Packers fan, but Jerome Bettis. A little bit like Luke said. You remember Michael Vick? Yeah, like, Michael Vick 04. I just they Googled didn't know it. how to deal with a you, running. You could QB. do the all verticals. I, I you lost. Just roll them out and have them sprint. Two away. tenths of a yeah. point on my GPA for that game. <laughs> <laughs> just two tenths. <laughs> Listen, like a like a two zero to a one eight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go Grizz or go home. Wonders how many uh, points the offense will need to average this year to keep us in games with defensive side of the ball. Potentially taking a bit of a step back. I'm not concerned about that. Why are we taking the negative approach to that? It's been a rough couple of years, Riley. All right. All right. <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden now, what? Because the offense is going to be good. We just assume the defense is not going to be? Yeah. Okay. One good thing, one I bad guess that's thing. why I wear the glasses I wear. So. Yeah. But I actually, yeah. I mean, I'm not concerned about the, the offense question. this year, but I'm actually cautiously excited about the defense like i don't think they're going to be terrible here's the thing that is an incomplete question okay yeah. because you yeah. can say the grizz averaged the grizz did average they averaged in the 30s for points per game last year but yeah. that also accounted for all your special teams touchdowns yeah, yeah, yeah. your defensive yeah. touchdowns it doesn't really say what the offense did so i don't know i'm dancing around a little bit i that's an intriguing one i think they'll need to score more on a consistent basis this year than they did last year because, like we kind of talked about, and maybe, and that's maybe the help with the the earlier games is just letting that defense kind of find these some of these new guys find their role. Um, thirty, yeah. thirty, a good number. Yeah. I mean, I mean, thirty. I think is something that we can do. I don't think we need to average thirty agreed. to win games. Oh hell yeah, like, let's average it. Let's yeah. average thirty. We'll win. A, I mean, we'll if we average thirty, <laughs> I mean. Do, if the defense oh. allows more than 30, it's like, well, you didn't deserve to win. That's kind of how I feel yeah, about yeah. it anyway. So, I also think we'll be able to control the ball a lot this year with our run game. And new rule changes, if it slows things down, like oh, yeah. um, this might play right into what Bobby does best as like a play yeah. caller and game uh, facilitator. Like This could be a good, good thing for us. All right, uh, a couple questions here from Donovan, and we can wrap it up. That's a great point. Um, with the new season uh, ticket uh, holder record, is that going to make our home field advantage uh, even better? Where would you rank our home field advantage uh, here in the FCS home and in all of college football? It's one of the best, I feel like. Scouting. There's none better in the FCS. Like th- That's not for the debate. FCS, it's yeah. not for debate. I mean, FBS level? Tell me a home field advantage in the Mountain West that's better than Montana. Uh, uh, I don't know. No, they don't fill their anymore. stadium. They've got fans that are upset that they go eight and four, nine Utah and three. Utah State shows up to watch the Cougar dance. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, Cosmo. One of uh, one of Mike's neighbors and a colleague of mine worked at Auburn when Cam oh. Newton was there. Oh God. And he said he's like, uh, there's a hundred thousand people plus at those games, but Wagriz is noisier. He, I mean, 
Like I've heard that about the big house too. At Michigan, how because you're actually away from the field a lot. The way that Wad Grizz is set up is so perfect because yeah. the fans Small are on side top of you. Right on top yes, of it. and the reverberation off of Mountain Sentinel. Yeah. They'll get candy. I'm telling you, all of it comes into play. It. I put it up against anyone. So yesterday at the golf course walking off, I was introduced to a guy who played for App State, and he oh, knew Armonte wow. Edwards, and he actually told me that Armonte said it was louder here in 09 than it was when he was at the upset against Michigan State. What was that oh, six oh. or seven? That's wild. Yeah. That's cool. Armonte Edwards. No, but like who do you play? I, I don't know. I, he played App State, State. App- Appalachian oh, State. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wait, no, it was at Michigan in like 2009. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. God, that was before you were born. Yeah, Holy but I think the Michigan one was like seven. It was like a year ago. It was 07 I was or watching like mm-hmm. yeah. 2009, the craziest year in college football. So Donovan's got one for you, Riley. Ooh. As a commentator, what's more exciting? A big play in basketball, he says, like a Mod Rory dunking uh, on Georgia State Garden in 2018. Oh, no. Or a big football play like Bergen's touchdown to open the brawl. I'm still getting goosebumps <laughs> thinking about the second play of that game with Junior Bergen. I, yeah. Football, by a long shot, because there are so many individual plays that happen in basketball, and there's 30 to 35 games throughout the course of the year where you don't understand. I mean, the magnitude of one play in a basketball game, it's very rare where it's a season-defining play. Yeah, that's I feel in football, I mean – why do we point back at the Bergen play here or Dude. or the wild fumble of Barrier in the playoffs against yeah. Eastern Washington? Like you can pinpoint those plays because they are so rare. And and that goes back to the last question about Washington Grizzly Stadium and just the atmosphere. Yeah. It just feels different. It's more of an out of body experience for from my chair for a big football play. I can like say something. I've watched one of those basketball plays. Yeah. It was the opener of Sentinel Hellgate last year. Oh. <laughs> um, Riley Gatlin, like, got the balls stolen by Connor Dick, and he and he went back to, like, inside the half circle, and Connor Dick just Boom. right over him. <laughs> oh. Now Grizz right Connor Dick. Right? Yeah. yeah. Connor Dick Grizzly. That's a um, great question. I love it. Riley. And I'm glad he is. He's going to be good. What do you think of Gus Johnson as a – Gus brings the energy. I think he's so entertaining to listen to. I don't know how much prep he does or needs to do, but but he is so unique. I feel Gus Johnson in March Madness is perfect. Now, he doesn't do basketball. He doesn't do yeah. basketball for CBS anymore. Therefore, he doesn't do the tournament. I felt That's those true, two yeah. were synonymous. Yeah, right? He yeah. called the Adam Morrison game when he was crying against UCLA. That's right. When you... I think one of the biggest compliments you can give a big broadcaster is you know the game is massive when they're on the call. And I think Gus yeah. qualifies for that. So What about like that guy that does a lot of the Sunday night football games? Al Michaels? Mike Tirico? I don't know. I'm okay. going to have to pull, pull Joe up. Buck does Monday. Joe Buck you got to be thinking about Al Michaels probably. Yeah. yeah. 78 years old. I hope I'm still doing it. 78. Al Michaels is very good at what he does. Yeah. All right. I like more exciting announcers, personally. Yeah. What else you got left? Uh, Donovan, last thing is just wondering, our over-under on sacks last year was 32. We'd be more or less. I, my so gut we feel, had 32 last year? I think that's what he says. I believe He says he believes the number for last year was 32. Less. Yeah. I mean, no Patrick O'Connor. Less. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I just think less. 
different defense, right? Yeah. I think this one might have a little less pressure designed into it, would be a guess. Less. Yeah. Okay. That, oh, man. I believe, is our questions. All right. All it's right. a marathon. Anything that we didn't touch on, Riley, that you think we should be talking about on a pod like Guys, this? you're awesome. I love coming to do this. Uh, just another shameless plug for the Inside the Den yeah. podcast. We're doing yep. it consistently this year to where you can count on it every Monday. And so it's Monday, drive home. It's kind of the, the week that was. And so also we're like competitors. Through. I mean, that's really what this comes down to. Oh, yeah. Damn. I mean, that's what I'm doing. I'm slowly taking you guys down. Still. You just don't know it yet. No, Man, corporate shills. We, we are the furthest thing from competitors, <laughs> no, right? Just kidding. In the best of because ways. People to are where, starved for Grizz content. <laughs> well, I mean, it is your inside peak. So I, yeah. all I'll say is yeah. on Mondays, you can count on it this year rather than just being more random. Oh, the awesome. new episode's up. So. That would be it. I I think that, you know, from the outside perspective, we, we all can get in the weeds and start knocking players, teams down very easily. Mm. You know, yeah. I think yeah. that there is a refreshing approach this year. And I think that uh, there's more optimism for me this season than, believe it or not, there was the last couple. Because mm-hmm. last year the expectations – were so high that it was almost impossible to yeah. meet them. Now, I think this team is more about we than me. Cool. Mm-hmm. And that's what it. I'll leave it with. It's awesome coming out with you guys. Yeah, definitely check out Inside the Den, guys. The season, episode one was an awesome one when you had Coach Lawrence and Sitowicki, right? Yep. Is that how you say it? Shidovitsky. Shidovitsky, yeah. yeah. Who we still need to get on this. Man. He, he wants to come on the pod. He yeah. Would be awesome. Yeah, we're, letting the we're letting him down. We need to get him on. We'll ask him what he thought about the Ohio State crowd. No. He, he's good. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's super entertaining. How about those frat guys? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, he's great. But then offensive preview and defensive preview. So if you really want, after so, you're done listening to this, if you're still listening at this point, then you probably – Yeah. Then then you, then they probably actually already do listen to you. I feel like the later we get into this, <laughs> yeah. it probably yeah. is yeah. where the Venn diagram is completely the same <laughs> circle. Like, oh, oh, I want three hours of content. And more. Yes. All right, we'll yeah. be good. Um, I like it. Uh, thanks for coming on. It's always fun to kind of do this kickoff with you, and I really appreciate that you're willing to do it because um, it's fun to sit here and talk about what the season can be and have all the optimism and James's pessimism, and, you know, here we go. <laughs> James, thanks for doing the whole show with us tonight. Mm-hmm. I mean, we you know, we kept your it's attention marathon, most dude. of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the nights that I don't have school. It's the only night that I don't have school in the morning. I know. Here we go. <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Technically, much. next week's a holiday, but yeah. Luke, Brent, you know, thanks for being here. <laughs> it's so much fun when I pregame, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners would agree. Yep. And Hannah was excited to see you. I think so. Whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. All's good. I mean, this what this what's fun about this time of year. We got quarterback club tomorrow night. GoGrizz.com/slash/qbclub. So we got a. Have a meal. We got to hear from Bobby. We got to yeah. we got to watch some film. We got to hear straight from him, and then you know it's like Friday. We're out buying food for tailgates, getting ready, and I mean Saturday it's here. The season's day. here, and then like this Saturday, we're gonna be in the stadium cheering the guys on and seeing what we got. I'm so excited. I, Yelling at the top of our lungs. Better be. Game. Better be. I like it. Yeah, let's All go. Right. This well, is gonna be a great year. I'm looking forward to it. No matter what happens, we will see you next week. If we know you, we'll see you sooner. Sooner. Go Grizz.